Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Everybody and welcome to Podescue Podcast. I am CJ, and this is my hetero life mate Rico. Hello, everyone. How you doing today, Rico? I'm okay. I'm I'm I'm. Uh, today's one of my days off, so I'm enjoying that. It's fucking pouring rain in Oakland, California. It is here uh, too in New Jersey. So there you go. It's always rain in New Jersey. No, it's not all. We're not Seattle, for fuck's sake. It's always raining New Jersey because the people are always upset because they live in New Jersey. Yeah, not because it's raining, because we live in New Jersey. Yeah, it's always raining New Jersey. It's always fucking it's, snowing in New Jersey. I thought it was always sunny in Philly. That's Philly. This is New Jersey. Yeah, well, you guys, Philly takes all the uh, good weather. Yeah. Anyways, uh, how are you today, sir? <laughs> I'm good, brother. I'm good. Looking forward to getting this show off the ground and, you know, just doing this thing. Well, today, uh, CJ and I have discussed what we're going to talk about, and we are both geeks like you would expect we are geeks, because not only are we uh, big fans of Kevin Smith. We are big fans of Star Wars. Although, just like everybody else, we can be very critical of anything that we love, including Actually, Star Wars. Yeah, and you know what I'm thinking, Rico, is before we get into that, because I know that's what we're going to talk about, maybe we, since it's our first episode, let's give everyone a quick overview of what this show is going to be. So, sure. But I think we need to let everyone know is that what we're going to be doing from episode to episode is talking about various things throughout pop culture and and primarily centering around movies because that is your wheelhouse. But I, I'd i like to think we're going to hit other things like TV shows and maybe music, video games. Who else? Well, who else knows? But we'll just see where it takes us. But I think we're going to go all around the pop culture universe, right? I, I think it, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about pop culture, but we're also going to talk about everything. Right. Everything that is current uh, or even in the past or what might happen in the future, Absolutely. especially with our lives. I think the most important thing that our viewers want to know um, is, yeah, we you know, there's always someone who will talk about Star Wars. There's always someone who will talk about Marvel. But what I prefer is I want to see someone – who will talk about themselves and why their own personal life was impacted by Star Wars or Kevin Smith or politics or religion, because 
because we're fans of Kevin Smith, the reason why we love Kevin Smith is not only is he a good filmmaker, not only are we fans of his films and his body of work, but because he is the most personal celebrity out there. Oh, by far. Yeah, without question. I mean, you and I have said that, like, we always kind of feel like if Kevin, you know, bumped into us, we'd be friends. We always we it's really a fucked up situation because we feel like he's our friend, but we've never really like done anything with him. I'd almost border like, on family for me, you know? So, but I get your it, point, it, absolutely. It, it, it's a weird line because it's like he is a celebrity. He is a public figure, and we don't know him, but he is so personal with everything he puts out there that we definitely do know him. Yeah. I mean, for example, during the whole Me Too uh, movement that's happening right now, which is, I'm glad is happening. I I was genuinely genuinely afraid that like someone that I really respected and loved was gonna have a Me Too movement. I was like, oh my god, please let it never be Kevin Smith. Absolutely. Well, and I then mean, you, I... and then you're thinking to yourself like it'll never be Kevin Smith because Kevin Smith is genuinely just like one of the nicest fucking guys ever. Well, that and Schwalbach would kick his ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, and plus what he's doing to support the Me Too movement. You heard about that with the money he's making from the Weinstein movies. You you heard what he's doing with that. So yeah, I he, heard I heard all about that. Um yeah. and I appreciate that. And I'm I'm more dismayed that more people are not doing that. No, I agree. And for those who aren't familiar, what Kevin has decided was any movie he or excuse me, any money he makes from the movies that he made with Harvey Weinstein is being donated to a charity to get women into filmmaking. I forget the name of the charity. I'll have to look it up. But it that's where any profits, proceeds, residuals, whatever you want to call them, he gets will will go from now on. Plus, he's isn't it donating? Like I think it's a thousand dollars a month. For I think life. it's two. I think he is said two? he's two grand every month. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not certain on that number, so it very easily could be two. But he's donating. For the instances where he's not making any money, he still wants them to get money. So he's donating $2,000 a month flat out regardless of the residual money. Regardless of the fact that he just had a heart attack and he's got hospital bills, he's still going to do that. Well, that too. But I'm look, to be fair, he's got the SAG health insurance, and I hear that's pretty fucking good. So, Or the not maybe the SAG, but the, the Director's Guild. But either way, I think they're good. Yeah. So anyway... I, I just wanted to throw that out there. It is our first episode. I think it's a good idea um, to let people know what they're in for. Um, one thing you got to get used to, I noticed, is there's no viewers in this one. That's your YouTube thing. This is all listeners. So keep that in mind. Nothing wrong. Just stay, you know. No, it's fine with me. But, um, all right, man, so you mentioned it. We're going to talk Star Wars, and the movie realm is certainly more your your baby than mine, so I'll let you get the ball rolling, and let's go. All right, well, normally when we would start at the beginning, we would start at the original trilogy. I think we should start at the original trilogy, go to the prequels, go to the what we think the sequel, how we feel the sequel um the sequel trilogy is doing as well as the spinoffs like Solo and Rogue One. And I think for me, obviously, the, the, the big the big baby is where it all started, which is Star Wars A New Hope. And 
I mean, I'm just going to say this out there. I I respect Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, but it is not a perfect film because it is George, it was George Lucas's first attempt at making a you know a crazy fucking sci-fi movie that was in the vein of Flash Gordon. He it went over budget, from what I remember reading. Um, it had problems on set. You know, Alec Guinness was like not really thrilled about it but he at the same time was kind of like still professional he had these young actors like mark hamill and carrie fisher and carrie fisher was not only playing royalty but she was of hollywood royalty so she was kind of looking at this as like you know i've i'm looking at my mother and my father's career being like what the what the fuck is this but she was 19 years old she was just happy to have a job they were all happy to have a job except maybe harrison harrison was somewhat established at that point. I mean, he wasn't Harrison Ford as we know it, but he wasn't like Harry or Mark. No, he was a working actor, but he, that was his big break. I mean, he was in Apocalypse Now, which by the way, he has a, when he was in Apocalypse Now, he plays a character named G. Lucas. Does he really? I didn't know that. And the reason why is because Coppola and George Lucas and Spielberg were all buddies. So like, and and here's the flip side of that is that Han Solo is based on Francis Ford Coppola. Okay, I don't think I knew that. So there you go. So it all kind of comes full circle. But yeah, I mean, obviously Harrison Ford is the biggest star that we that has come out of Star Wars. I mean, James Earl Jones had had his own career separate, but he's always going to be Darth Vader. Mark Hamill became a very successful voice actor, um, but almost a, almost he went totally against his typecast of being a hero. Right? You know, he became he. You know, his the most iconic other character he plays is the Joker. Uh, yeah. Carrie Fisher yeah, yeah. was always going to be Hollywood royalty. That that was just a given. You know, she was always going to be well off, but she was never going to be our princess. Right. Um, right. Ian McDermott, uh, well-respected British um, trained actor, you know, you know, he had been in like Sleepy Hollow, but like he hadn't really been in, you know, that that was his big thing was Star Wars. So Star Wars will bring an actor up and also kind of destroy their career at the same time. Because they're always going to be associated with Star Wars forever. Well, and not to get way off, but the same thing with Star Trek. You know, Shatner, Nimoy, all those guys, they're always going to be associated with, with Star Trek. I mean, even, you know, like Patrick Stewart. He might be the only one that broke the mode a little bit because of X-Men. But, yeah. you know. But otherwise, if I, you do a Star Trek movie, I, 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 I agree with that, yeah. Uh, Patrick Stewart was definitely the probably the most successful Star Trek. Although... See, that's the thing is I'm ba- I'm blanking on her name because she's just not as famous. But like the actress who was in one of the Star Trek spinoff, whatever the fuck um, shows. I'm not a Star Trek fan, so I don't know. I would never be able to actually talk about Star Trek um, as well as I could talk, talk about Star Wars. But um, the actress who plays the captain is like the Russian cook on Orange is the New Black. So she's got a little bit of resurgence in her career as well. But yeah, ultimately – the most famous thing that all these people are famous for are the most geeky fucking thing that's on the planet, which is either Star Trek or Star Wars or Marvel or DC. Um, although I, I mean now like actresses like Daisy Ridley or, uh, actors like John Boyega or, 
Adam Driver, you know, for the new the new trilogy, they're obviously going to be fine because they had already done stuff before and they're going to continue doing stuff after. They were not they were not as well known worldwide, but they were I, I knew who Adam Driver was. I'm like, is that the fucking dude from Girls? Um, oh, there you go. Play, I never heard of him. Play, but... Oh, yeah. Adam, the show Girls is that Lena Dunham um, new Sex and the City type show. It's it's really uh, – look, we could talk about Lena. We could talk about that any other time. But yeah, yeah, the yeah. slogan still Star Wars. So for me, um, when I first saw Star Wars, I had, only, I had seen Return of the Jedi first. When I was a kid. Um, and I, that's why Return of the Jedi will always be a soft spot in my heart. People criticize it. People, you know, give shit about the Ewoks. But I personally fucking love that movie the most. Um, in part because Luke has a green lightsaber and green's my favorite color. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. And then I saw Empire Strikes Back. No, I then I saw uh, the original Star Wars. And then... Then I saw, like, the prequels. So, like, around all this time, this is, like, the late 90s for me. Because I would have been, like, eight years old when ni- when uh, Phantom Menace came, came out. So, it was all sort of happening at once. I saw them out of order, which didn't... I mean, the only problem that it affected for me was that, spoiler, big reveal where fucking uh, Vader is Luke's father. I no. didn't have that gut-wrenching scene for me. By the way, anyone listening to any of our episodes, there's just a flat-out spoiler warning. The only time I would say we won't spoil shit is if the movie's brand fucking new. Otherwise, yeah. spoiler. Just deal with it. Okay? It's Go a, ahead. It's a shame we can't even call our show spoilers, like, because yeah, right. Kevin already has that. Yeah. Um, I think maybe if we told him it was influenced by him, he might give it to us, but that's another story. Anyway, go ahead. But I just want to throw so, that out there, yeah. So I was always like Star Wars when you're a kid is just – is the closest thing you can get to having drugs without doing drugs. Okay. I need you to explain that. Because it, it enriches the imagination. It, it enriches the wanting to be friends with other people because, oh, you have Star Wars? I like Star Wars. You oh. want to have – you have a lightsaber? I have a lightsaber. Okay. It's – you know, it's drinking and, and partying without drinking and partying when you're sure. nine years old. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Because it's I, also I, the I social norm. Going. Everyone's doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it got to the point, like, this is going way back. Like, before I had even seen Star Wars, despite the fact I'm not Jewish, my dad put me in the Jewish community center. Okay. Uh, my brothers are Jewish. My 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 dad married two Jews and made three Jews. All my all my half siblings are all half Jewish. <laughs> okay. Um, and but like for some reason I was put in this Jewish community. I was put in the JCC, and I didn't even really kind of question it. I was just kind of like, okay, I'm here, whatever. And I remember playing with these kids, and we they were like, we're gonna go on stage and reenact Star Wars, and I had never seen Star Wars, and so like it's. And they they pinned me to play C-3PO. I'm like, well, you haven't seen Star Wars, so you don't get to play any of the good roles. You can play C-3PO. And I'm like, I don't know. Okay. That's a little shitty. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I didn't I didn't know at the time, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But, like, I said, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, just act like a robot and, and talk like a British asshole. And I'm like, 
I could do that. And I'm like seven. <laughs> so then I saw then like I said, so then I saw Return of the Jedi and I just became enamored with it. And then the original Star Wars and then I saw Phantom Medicine Theaters and then I saw Empire Strikes Back. And Empire Pound for Pound, I think, is probably the greatest of the Star Wars films, but my favorite is Return of the Jedi. And then obviously then Attack of the Clones came out, and then Revenge of the Sith, and then we were like, okay, we're done. There's no more. We have to we're 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 accepting this. You know, yeah. The prequels are not perfect, but this is all we're getting. So we'll just make the most of it. And then fucking Disney. I mean, I, I, you're not really supposed to say fucking Disney, but like fucking Disney bought Star Wars. <laughs> like now, now we have some Star Wars films that are debatable, but well, I mean, okay. So you, first off, Empire ends on a down note. And that's what life is, a series of down notes. Um, nice quote. Yeah. Thank you. Um, no, but he, <laughs> You say now we have debatable Star Wars, and I think a lot of people would argue with you that once we got the prequels, we had debatable Star Wars. And some oh, people I would agree even with that say, too. and some people would even say once we got Jedi because of the Ewoks, there was vitriol for the Ewoks. My main thing that I'm always telling a Star Wars fan, I tell this all the time, is that people forget that Star Wars is made for children. Yes. Star Wars was obviously made for children. And it, I mean, maybe you could argue the first one, maybe, well, I mean, the fourth one, technically, is not so much for children. But then they were like, okay. But even Lucas knew how important this could have been for children as well as for toys. Because he, when he, he became wealthy overnight, because when he signed the deal with 20th Century Fox, he said, all I want. Is the merch is the is the merchandise yeah. is the merchandise rice? That's all I want. Yeah. And how many? I mean, you could remember that? Did you see Wally, the Pixar oh, film? Yeah, years and years ago. But yeah, you remember how the whole planet is just covered in trash? Yeah, yeah. That's that, but with Star Wars merchandise. Sure. Well, I mean, the and, whole world. No, go ahead. The whole world could just be covered in Star Wars merchandise, and that's not a bad thing. But there is a lot of like, I I had a ton of collections of lightsabers, man. I had like fifteen of those fuckers. Yeah, that's awesome. If you if you have you seen that show on Netflix, the toys that made our lives, I think it's called. Oh yeah, uh, I haven't seen that, but uh, I definitely uh, want to see it because I know there's a whole episode about Star Wars. The first episode is about the deal with Kenner. And setting up that whole thing and how it came to be and all that. The the story about the Boa Fett character is actually pretty interesting. But oh yeah, the, the fucking uh, the 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 rocket that like the rocket that like would uh, shoot out and the kids would like swallow it and shit. Well, there was that, but there was the way it was originally presented for just the model. They they took like. Um, and I know I'm talking out of turn because it's been a while since I watched it, but they took like a Flash Gordon already existing character or a character they already had and slapped some molding clay on it to make it look like Boba Fett, and that's how they presented it, literally with clay on it. And then they went into production and made the thing, but that's how they presented it for just like a model design. Yeah, I mean, the original uh, Jedi's 
and uh, Sith characters, their lightsabers were like half already lightsaber, and they had this little extender thing that yep. like yep, just yep. snap off, and it almost looked like a feather. It looks so light and so flimsy. And I've seen that feature in like comic book men where like they like yeah. What's that guy's What's that guy's name? Uh, uh Robert, Robert Bruce. Bruce. Like he would yeah. like yeah, he would like pull it pull it out. He's like, look, this like this is as rare as you can get. Yeah, something like a lightsaber like this is this intact. That is amazingly rare. Right, right, right. So yeah, I mean, but it's like you said, it's he he decided to take that part of the deal and. He made his millions on that alone, you know, so. But but that's my point is that it's for children. I mean, Chewie is a giant teddy bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little angry, I mean, you know, because you it, don't want to let the Wookiee I mean, win. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Star Trek and Flash Gordon and all that stuff is, I mean, there are adults who love sci-fi, but really it's it's kids with overactive imaginations are the ones that are – thinking about what's going on in space and playing with blaster guns and, you know, and, and how there's always evil. And, and then he cemented that. I mean, empire is obviously the dark, dark, the darkest of the trilogy, but he was still like, he, he just had to one up himself. He's like, okay, whatever I did, uh, who was it? Lawrence Kasdan. Is that who wrote well, empire? Wrote it. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but I can um i whoever yeah like empire was obviously still george lucas's baby but he just was letting someone else babysit and that person happened to have a darker uh feel to it i guess and then but like return of the jedi i mean the ewoks is for children i mean he's like okay well i mean i'm I'm, i could do my george lucas impression but like he's like um yeah so um we have a giant seven foot um uh, uh, teddy bear. So now we're going to make little tiny teddy bears that are pretty cool. I mean, it was also a metaphor for like technology versus like old world and how the old world will always rise up. And, you know, just because you're technologically advanced doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're superior, even though they had a whole fucking like giant ship that could blow up a goddamn planet. What are you going to do about that? But, um, so, and, and they further, further cemented that with, Jar Jar Binks, like right. Jar Jar, right. Jar Jar Binks came from his child because he was trying to come up with a character, and his son Nick came up with the name and said, "I want someone who's wacky and crazy and and having." I mean, I'm not blaming George Lucas's son, right? But it, I'm I'm I mean, inspired by though, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh well, what the children want is they want someone who's who's funny and and has some comedy relief and and makes fart jokes and and you know speaks like this and blah blah blah. And dude, I heard that Michael Jackson really wanted to play Charger Pink. The I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, <laughs> I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. 
15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So. Really? Yeah. Like, Michael Jackson, like, even, like, was having meetings with George Lucas, and then something fell through where he, he wanted to go totally different. I mean, I don't know what could have been totally different for what Jar Jar Binks eventually was, but then he saw, like, this guy, um, uh, um, Ahmed... Ahmed, what the fuck is his name? Um, anyways, um, the guy who played Jar Jar Binks was like, um, uh, was on the show Stomp, and he just had this wait, like crazy wild energy. And George Lucas was like, "This guy is perfect." And look, I was I was eight years old when when Episode One came out. Jar Jar was tailored for me. Did yeah. I yeah, fucking yeah. hate Jar Jar Binks? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Something else I think we should tell our listeners, there is a quite an age gap between you and I. Um, 12 years, if I recall, that I'm older uh, yeah, you Yeah, 12 years. Yeah. So, you saying that you were what? You said 9, 8 when Phantom Menace was, came out? I was, yeah, I was 8. Yeah, I was... I went to the bar after we saw it. So, I'm just to put that in perspective. The bar afterwards. What's that? I'm not surprised he went to the bar after seeing Star Wars. Yeah, but one. I mean, just to put it out there. So, anyway, going back to um, just uh, fact check, I guess you will. It, it was directed by Richard Mar Marquand Marquand. I don't know how he pronounces that, but it's I think it's Mar I think it's Marquand. Marquand. Okay. Um, writer writing credits actually go to George Lucas and Lawrence Kasdan. So you weren't wrong, but Lucas definitely wrote. The story, and then he co-wrote the screenplay with Kasdan. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I knew Lawrence Kasdan was definitely a, a big force of it because he also, uh, I think, he wrote um, a good chunk of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, so they kind possibly. of had him um, nearby just to keep uh, to Paul Chef's scripts and shit like that. Sure, sure. He actually helped write uh, Empire as well, according to this. Yeah, he he and he was the original writer for Solo, the new Solo movie. Oh, was he? That I didn't I didn't know. Actually, yeah, it, it was, says that it here. was him and his, it was him and his son. Hmm. And then uh, Lord and Taylor, or whatever the fuck, yeah, Lord Lord and Taylor. The ones that like were fired, the original directors. Oh, the guys that did Deadpool, right? No, the guys that did Twenty One Jump Street and Lego Movie. Okay, okay, right, right, right. Dead, the Deadpool guys were on a movie though. They got and he got fired too for some project. It may not have been Solo, but it was something. Might have been Rogue One. Maybe, yeah. No, some people were fired as well, and there was like bullshit with that with that production. Yeah. Um, Kazan's so, still getting writing credit on Solo. Like, I don't know if you if he wrote the whole thing, but he's still getting writing credit, according to IMDb. I think he had to do with George. He, George Lucas had the final say, but I think he wrote 
everything else. But no, the I big mean for solo. For... What I'm talking about solo, not Empire, because Lucas had nothing to do with solo except that the it's based on his characters. Um, it was him, and it was uh, Lawrence and his son. I want to say his name was Joseph. Kasten, John, I think that's right. John. Um, they yeah. wrote the original treatment, and then I believe that the original directors improv like had their actors improvise a fuck ton and just sort of rewrote how things went. Right, and that, that was one of the main reasons why Lawrence Kasdan. I think Lawrence Kasdan like insisted they actually get fired. It's possible. The, yeah. And also, Lawrence Kasdan's been around for a long time. He's a very well-respected act, uh, uh, writer, as well as, I think he's directed something. He's directed a couple things. Um, he, um, I think he was just kind of like, look, this is bullshit. These new kids come around and are fucking up my character, my yeah. story. I'm not appreciating this. I'm trying to do something with my son. This is probably going to be Lawrence Kasdan's last movie he'll ever do. He want to try and make it special with his son. And then uh, these guys, you know, they're hungry filmmakers and they're on their rise of their own. They're trying to do what they can to make their own names. I mean, the Lego movie was an amazing movie. 21 Jumpster was really fucking entertaining. I hated the Lego movie. I thought it was stupid. You See, you have lost your childhood, my friend. No, I just didn't like it. I love Legos, but I and I love those Lego video games, but that movie was horrid. It wasn't horrid. Okay, it wasn't horrid, but it wasn't as good as everyone made it out to be. Come on, dude. Everything is awesome. Yeah, no, it wasn't. You're part of a team. Can I... Not to... I kind of want the show to go wherever we can, so I want to ask you a question about something I'm seeing here and something I noticed when when I was watching The Last Jedi. And I think it's because Disney owns both properties, but there's a huge crossover from from an actor's director's perspective of the Marvel and now Star Wars universes. Have you noticed that? Um, I have noticed. I've noticed that more with actors, like right, how more with Bet- actors, yeah. like Paul Bettany is going to be the new solo film. Yes, he is. And he's in that one, but Chadwick Boseman made an appearance in The Last Jedi. Like, it was a two-second cameo, but he was there. As as who? I don't remember Chadwick he, Boseman. He's in one of the bombing ships that die, that gets blown up early. Actually, the one that Rose's sister's in, he's the pilot. Really? Yeah, I'm almost positive. I, I do not re- I do not remember that at all. I, I'm going to have... That's... That so surprises the fuck out of me. Obviously, Donald Donald Glover being Lando, but he's also in Spider Man, and then you have um, John Favreau. Now Favreau, oh well, yeah, he shows on screen as Happy. So you've got him in this movie coming up too. John Favreau's in Solo. Yeah, he's playing a character named Rio Durant. I don't know who that is. Um, most of these characters I don't know of. The only oh, ones. That- that's probably be- well. He's supposed to be making a Star Wars show. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I definitely look. The thing about it is that Disney has all these people under contract, and they're trying to push them out as much as possible. Because hey, people liked people like this guy in this movie we did. We're going to keep putting him out as much as possible to generate money. Um, 
yeah, I definitely see a correlation between Marvel and Star Wars. What I'm, I hope never happens is there's a crossover. Like fucking yes. Thanos fucks up the whole goddamn uh, universe, and now we have Tony Stark and Luke Skywalker talking to each other. I'm like, that would be like, uh, if if it wasn't taken seriously, like how Marvel's been taken serious, how Marvel's the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been taken seriously. I'd be fine if, like, it was just a weird kind of crossover episode on, like, a show. I'd be like, that's fucking fine. Like, even Patton Oswalt, the comedian, made a whole big... Have you ever seen Patton Oswalt's filibuster? No. I mean, I know him, but I haven't seen that. The, he was on, I think, um, Parks and Rec. Okay. And I mean, he, he's been on he a bunch shows, of stuff. He shows up and gives this rounding speech... And just combines Star Wars and Marvel and everything. And he's like, he makes his own, like the most geek-filled crossover episode of anything you could ever imagine. And is fucking nuts. And this is before Disney bought, I, I mean, I want to say this before Disney bought um, Star Wars. Right. So he like almost predicted the, like it happening. Huh. That's but check, check it out. It's Patton Oswalt's filibuster. It's really fucking funny. Um, so back to the films. I mean, well, wait. So like, since we're talking crossover stuff for a second, I have one other question to ask you. Since what did you think about? And this is about Star Wars, not about Marvel, but about them. I don't use a crossover. It's not the right word, but they make reference to the ET universe in Phantom. Oh, it's Fan, Phantom no, wait, no. I think it's a ta- it's why well, in both Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. I think no, it's just in one clip, but I don't I I don't remember if it was in Phantom. I think it's in Phantom Menace because it's, it's when yeah, it's when Terrence Stamp is uh Terrence Stamp's character Chancellor Valorum. I think yeah is stripped of his political party, and then they give political power to uh, Chancellor Palpatine. Well, no, he, whole, he's just stripped. They have they haven't elected Palpatine yet, but yeah, you're in that right window of time. And so, and the whole for those who don't know what we're talking about, ET and his species have a small cameo in like the Galactic Senate parts, where like it's like all those podiums and it's all kind of out in like this giant fucking yeah. auditorium, and you very, 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 very briefly. For like a good second, and even at the, like the bottom of the screen, like they have to pause it and look down. It's the bottom left uh, corner because I I look for it every time now when I see it. Um, you see fucking ouch, Elliot, and his fucking species and shit. And like, here's the thing. I don't, ex- I don't, I don't really know what I think about that because like they did the same thing in ET, where there's a kid dressed up as Yoda. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's a little bit different. I get your point, and I'm not discrediting that, but it's a little bit different than having an actual his actual species as part of the Galactic Senate. I'm not saying but it's a bad it's, thing. I'm just curious what you thought of it. I actually thought it was cool. But well, here's the thing: if you, th- I mean, I thought I was, I didn't think too much, but I thought it was a nice, cute little Easter egg. I thought it was a right. nice little like. It, it was a love letter to, from George Lucas Spielberg. I thought that's what that was. Yeah, I. Um, that's how I took it too. But if you're looking at it on a, as a technical standpoint of like, well, wait a minute, let's think about this. The I haven't really woken up. 
until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah, wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Does that mean that Yoda really exists? Because if E.T. comes to our planet and then recognizes a, a kid in a Yoda costume, that means Yoda exists. He recognizes Yoda, which means George Lucas is God. <laughs> okay, I hadn't thought of it that deeply, but that's a valid point. That's what I'm saying. Like, once you start to think about it too much, you just come to the conclusion that we are all everything and we're all nothing. And well, George Lucas has created us. Okay, we're getting a little too philosophical, even for our first episode. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's That's what it's I'm saying. Is you think about everything point. like Star Wars too much, you're just like, I don't even know who the fuck I am anymore. <laughs> true, true. So, uh, let's move on to what we think about... So... All right, I'm trying to think of where we should go from here because well, we we can unanimously agree that the tril- the original trilogy is just great. Like we there's there's yeah. things you could debate about which is better, which is Jedi or Empire, like like Dante and Randall do. But ultimately, we can all agree like they were the best movies. Yeah, um... they're sort of they're and... sort of grandfathered in at this point. You have to sort of respect them because like oh, res- they. Res- Respect and thinking that they're best are two different things. Absolute respect. And and if there aren't those three, you don't get any of the other five. It's soon to be six plus the spinoffs. You don't get any of that. Plus any of the TV shows, Rebels, Clone Wars, all that stuff. You don't get any of yeah. it. So absolute respect and whatnot. But like, all right. So and, and maybe I'm deep diving too much. But like I saw something because I have the... the um, the Saga Blu-ray pack, so you get the six movies plus like the three other bonus discs. So it's a lot and all, of and all and all the changes George Lucas did. Right. I mean, you don't get the original stuff, but I I don't mind the changes. I know people get bent out of shape about it. I liked them, didn't mind them so much. But you know, there that were aside, some changes that I did not appreciate. Okay, uh, let me guess, Han and Greedo. No, I don't care about that. Okay, because that's the one people seem to get the most bent out of shape about. No, the one that really just fucking hurt me to the core was in Return of the Jedi when... Because like I said, Return of the Jedi is my favorite. So I have a soft spot for that one. I, I mean, the, the, he made the Ewoks blink. That was creepy. That that just threw me off. He digitally recreated the eyes and made them blink. Yeah, but creatures blink. But we accepted the fact that they didn't blink. Well, all but that's right. Not what bothered me. That's, not, that's not what bothered me. It just kind of threw me off. I'm like, oh, my fuck. They changed their eyes. That's weird. 
if you're gonna pick on something on Jedi, I have a guess, but I want to hear what you have to say, and then I'll tell you if I was right. It is when the Emperor is electric is force electrocuting Luke. And there's that look of anguish and pain, and Luke is screaming for Vader to help him. He's calling, Father, help me, please. And Vader's just staying there looking at this, his fucking boss kill his son. And in the original theatrical production, he silently looks back and forth, and you could just hear this inner struggle without hearing anything. You could just hear, like, this is... Fox, this is my son. I don't, I mean, I, what do I do? This is my, my boss is pure evil and I am pure evil, but like he just, you could just sense this inner turmoil. And then finally the light took over the dark and he picks up the emperor, throws him down the shaft. Evil is vanquished until Disney bought Star Wars. Then that whole fucking became another thing. And then in the re, in the re-release, the Blu-ray package, what happened was, is as James Earl Jones said, no, no, no. He's saying no repeatedly and just destroys the inner struggle, destroys the poetic inner turmoil because sometimes silence is fucking golden. Yeah. And as much as James Earl Jones is, has an amazing voice, the fact that he said nothing and just did it all silently um, spoke more volumes. It was thunderous silence. And having and having James Earl Jones either say no in a recording booth or just taking no from other films and putting it in, I thought ruined the moment. And that's why that, – I mean I know you're probably leading up to um, Hayden Christensen's cameo at the end. No, actually, well, personally, it's not the part I didn't like. I really didn't have a problem with it. I felt pretty shitty for a guy who used to be there, but I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. And then, first off, I applaud you for going deep cut, because I think that's a more um, well-educated, spoken problem with the edits than most people mine is much more superficial and it's the fucking musical number in Jabba's palace I fucking that, hate that and I don't have a problem with musical numbers but that was stupid I agree that that was really kind of because like I rewatched the uh, the original trilogy to get ready for Force Awakens and Last Jedi and I watched them with my mom and my mom surprised me. My mom was like, I want to watch all of them in order. Like, let's do it. And I'm like, really? You want to have a fucking marathon? She's like, let's do it. Nice. Like, all right, mom. And we, she's like, let's get them on Blu-ray because we have a Blu-ray player and we have a big, big, huge flat screen TV. Like, I was like, all right, I've never seen them on Blu-ray. So when this happened, when that scene happened, I was just frothing at the fucking mouth. And I was just like, like, I was like, this is such dis I was like, George Lucas, you disrespected your own fucking body of work. Well, and to be fair to George, cause I still have a problem with it. So I'm not defending it, but that was apparently in the original script. They just couldn't make it work with the technology at the time. So they decided to cut it. Him saying no, or, or are you talking about the, uh, scene, the, uh, the cantina scene or whatever the fuck. I'm talking about the cantina scene. I mean, yeah, it was annoying, but 
I mean, the, the original song was just a better song because it wasn't like this weird, like, whatever the fuck that little dude, like, I mean, here's the problem is I heard that song in Star Wars Battlefront 2, the video game. Okay. So that's featured um, in, like, the Tatooine part where you uh, play as the villains and the heroes and you just go up against each other as, you know, Boba Fett versus Anakin and so on and so forth. So when you go through a cantina part because you're running around trying to find Jedis and Sith to kill, that music's playing. And I'm like, what is this fucked up song? I've never heard of this. So I was like, <laughs> this is... This is so ridiculous. And then I saw the fucking Blu-ray of Jedi, and I'm like, oh, my fuck, this is it. This is so bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's that's That, to me, is probably the biggest change that he made that I had a problem from all three movies, honestly. If you, if you notice, Empire has, like, no changes. The yeah. only thing he did for Empire was he just showed more of Cloud City. Yeah, he showed more of Cloud City. The one thing, there's some things that he did in all three movies that I really liked. And some people got bent out of shape about it. I don't know why. But where you can see into the cockpits of the X-Wing when they're flying through space, you can see, like, people's heads. And he, he cleaned up the color of, like, the like the exhaust ports. I don't know what you would call it, but the propulsion systems on all the ships. Like, he did a lot of that stuff. And also giving Vader, like, the bigger destroyer versus all the other, was it Corellian class, I think they're called? Um, yeah, they they have a name, and, and the standard gray pyramid-shaped whatevers are called Corellian class. And then, like, he had a right. special, like, the black one or dark blue, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I like those things. Like, that I didn't have a problem I- with. I didn't mind those changes. I just mind the ones that made that that sort of were obviously took you out of the story because Star right. Wars is all about being sucked into the mythology and, and fantasy of it. And then when that takes you out of the movie, you're just like, wait, what the fuck was that? Then the, then the movie experience is over. Then you're, then you're just thinking like, wow, I can't believe he fucking changed that song or – Right. He also changed the fucking Ewok song at the end. Like, there's no yup yup da 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 da. I don't remember them as well as you do. I can't lie to you. And for being the older of the two of us, you would think I would, but no. Um, See, apparently, age isn't fucking everything. Yeah. Well, that or I'm getting senile and losing my memory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it happens at 37, apparently. 38. Um, I know that's my point. You're far gone. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, You're stage two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, okay. So, what do you think about the one change? Well, I don't know if it's the only change, but it's the biggest change to Phantom Menace that he did. Did you notice that? You'd have to. Oh, are you talking about Jar Jar? No. What are you talking I didn't even about? know there was a change with Jar Jar. What was the change with Jar Jar? That's all. Tell me, tell me your thing first, and I'll tell you. And I'll tell you, Jar Jar. Yoda. In the original oh. Phantom Menace, he was the puppet. Well, not not the original puppet from Empire, but they did a puppet, and it was terrible. 
I remember that. It was a terrible puppet because I remember thinking that when I saw it. Like, that's a fucking terrible puppet. And when you get the Blu-ray, they took the CGI Yoda that they used for the Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith and plugged him into um, Phantom Menace. First off, he's a Muppet, okay? He's a Muppet. Sorry. Right. No, I'm sorry. You're right. The, I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Jim Henson is looking down at you right now, all pissed off. My apologies, Jim. Okay, so, um, I mean, yeah, it was a horrible puppet, Muppet. God damn it. Um... (laughs) I, I didn't mind it because I was eight. Well, sure, but it was bad. I mean, I'm saying from. I mean, sure. When he re-released it, and you know, he had the technology to make Yoda look like Yoda. To be fair, Yoda didn't even look like Yoda in Last Jedi. So it's this. Well, it's not these. Okay, so I watched the behind the or the bonus material on that, so I can speak to that. They did go to make it as close to that puppet as, or Muppet as possible. They really did make an effort to do that. Now, they weren't, you know, spot-on perfect, but they went out of their way. I am glad they used an actual Muppet instead of CGI this, like they yeah. did in Attack of the Clones and, and, and Revenge of the Sith. But it, his cheeks, some, like, somehow he got fatter. Well, you know, goes. you can eat whatever you want in the afterlife. Who needs to eat in the afterlife? <laughs> hey, semantics, my friend. Semantics. That's what I'm saying. Like, once you get down this road, you're like, well, is E.T. really, like, part of the Star Wars universe? And does that mean we're part of the Star Wars universe? Because Yoda and E.T. are homies. And, yeah, look, Star Wars is great. It should not be a religion. No, and it is for some people. It really is. That's... Oh, yeah, I saw this documentary with this guy who, like, is full like he became he he supports Jediism. Yes, I've seen that. I didn't see the and documentary, like, but I've heard of that. Like this guy walks around in Jedi robes and has a lightsaber and is all about teaching his beliefs. He's also poor as shit and he's he's basically homeless. I would imagine so. So I've seen homeless fucking guys. I, there's a homeless guy out here in Oakland who like has a lightsaber. And he walks around and like it's just his thing, and you're just like, okay, he's homeless. It doesn't necessarily mean he's into Jediism. So yeah, I when I when I when I saw this documentary, I'm like, he's not into a religion. He's just crazy and poor. <laughs> right, right. But there are people that do treat maybe not the Jedi part specifically, but they treat Star Wars itself as a. Not a religion in the sense that they get together and pray to Star Wars, but it is their religion. I I agree, but I think the term religion is is used way too much. Oh, I agree. When it comes to something, when it comes to something that's really good, like just say it's really good. Don't call it your religion. Just say I really love Star Wars. I really love Marvel. Just don't be like I worshipped 
Stan Lee. I worship Kevin Smith. I just say I like this and I'm and I enjoy it and I can debate about it. Don't don't make it all about like, you know, but you know, because Anakin is the chosen one, he is my Jesus Christ. Well, to be fair, when we first started talking before we ever started doing a podcast, you did call Kevin Smith your pope. So I'm just saying. But that's not God. No, that's not God. I agree. So, But that was also a reference because he called himself Pope Smith. No, I no, Because I he was talking about how there's no St. Kevin. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, I just had to bust your balls. Um, but yeah, no, there's definitely people that treat it that way and and more power to him but getting back to that and clearly we follow in that we fall in that in that category as well because star wars and marvel and dc and shit like that is like the most way too taken seriously not serious thing yeah you know it's if you break it down it's about good versus evil laser ships Laser guns, laser swords, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's about making toys. That's really what the fuck Star oh, Wars well. is all about. So, like, the meaning of, you know, when you when you ask a Catholic, what's the meaning of life? Or when you ask a Jew, what's the meaning of life? They say, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. When you ask, what's the meaning of Star Wars? Like, it's to make money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a medium. It's and an just, entertainment medium. Even if you count it. I mean, and Disney, Disney proved that. Yeah, and they... Paid a lot of money to do it, which they've already made back. Oh, yeah, and they will continue to make back. Absolutely. Why do you think they just bought Marvel and Fox? Because Lucas was the first of the three that they bought. Well, they bought Marvel way back. Like they, uh, they bought I Marvel Lucasfilm in twenty thirteen. I think. No, you're right. Marvel was first. You're right. Yeah, and then Lucasfilm. Yeah, my fault. <laughs> Because uh, Iron Man 3, I think, was their first uh, Disney released one. No, I think Avengers. I think the first Avengers movie was. You might be right, but I, rem- I remember Iron Man 3 might have been it. But you, you you could be right. But even still, that's 20... What is that? It's 2012 to 2013. That's around the same time period, so... They may have they may have bought the rights in like say twenty eleven to twenty twelve. I think that's twenty ten, honestly. Right, I'll, I'll look up um, Avengers. I, Let me I see got if it's right a now. I got IMDb open already, so I can get it. All right, look up look up look up Avengers. See if that was Disney. It's too, Avengers was twelve, so you're right about that in terms of time. I don't know when they bought though, but Avengers is two thousand twelve. <sighs> Let's see. Uh, I'll just look up when Disney bought Marvel. So I, I found out when Disney bought Marvel. It was 2009. Okay, so three years before Avengers. But that, but see, like Iron Man and Incredible Hulk came out in like 2008. Right, 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 right. <laughs> what did you? And, here, well, and then it gets all muddled because Incredible Hulk is still owned by Universal for a solo Hulk film, which is why they keep putting Hulk in all the other movies. They haven't made a... They won't do a standalone Hulk film because Universal has the rights for that. Okay. I don't think I knew that. But And Iron Man 2 could have been a Disney movie because that came out in 10. So if you're saying they bought in 9, then it could have come out in 10. 
that's true. It, what were you going to ask me? What do I think about what? Um, no, because we're getting way off the Star Wars topic, which is what we're here to discuss tonight, and we're getting into the Marvel world, and I think we need to save that for another episode. Okay, so you, I agree. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about Attack of the Clones, because you love it and I hate it. Yeah, I... Well, okay. First, I want to talk about why I like the prequels a little bit better than the original three. So, for, okay. first off, that's not me saying that the original three are bad. Because I don't feel that way at all. And actually, on Easter, because I'm not religious as you are not as well, I decided, since it's supposed to be a religious holiday... Let's celebrate it with a form of religion, meaning Jedi. And I did Rogue One <laughs> through the last Jedi on Easter. And that was how I spent my Easter. Okay. Good. So, my point is that I could have easily gone back and watched the original three and didn't do that. I started with... Well, no. I started with Re- Revenge of the Jedi, or Revenge of the Sith, the night before... I did that on Saturday, and then on Easter, I picked up with Rogue One and went forward. But anyway. Did you know that was the original title for Return of the Jedi was Revenge of the Jedi? I did know that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, One of the many things I learned from the bonus material I got with the Blu-ray pack. So, um, Presumably, if you find a Revenge of the Jedi poster, like that shit's like worth thousands oh, of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, because there's only like a handful that still exist, I think. Yeah. One of them, I'm sure, George owns. But anyway. So, going back to that, what did you, you know, you're 20, you're 38 years old. Yeah. Um, what did you, as an adult, when the prequels came out, how did you feel compared to when, as I was a child, when the prequels came out? What was your first consensus? Well, see. First off, I think I need to explain just the way I view, especially when it comes to movies, life in general. Like, I don't, I very rarely, I should say, because I can't say I never, but I very rarely deep dive into a movie and, and pick it apart and get bent out of shape. Even on things I love. Um, just getting away from Star Wars for a second, but like the Matrix series is one of my favorites. Love that series. And I'm one of the few people I know that love all three of them. Like most people love the first one, hate the other two. I love all three. Um, I have my favorites for sure, but I do like all three and the Animatrix, Animatrix and all that other you know stuff too so and that's one of those ones i could deep dive and defend and all that kind of stuff so to answer your question when i went into phantom menace i was just happy to have more star wars i wanted to see more of the story and i wasn't worried about how does it connect to the original three and what is George going to change and all that shit. I just wanted to see more Star Wars and I got more Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So I was a going into it with high anticipation of just getting more Star Wars and came out of it going, yay, I got more Star Wars. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I, I 
I didn't go into it like a lot. I'm sure a lot of people did. Yeah, but a lot of people felt the same way about like, hey, we're going to get another Indiana Jones movie. And then we got another Indiana Jones movie. And look at how that turned out. You're talking about Crystal Skull? Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't hate that either. I'm not saying it's the greatest one. But I, didn't, I didn't hate I didn't, that. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hate it, but it kind of like I, I look at like for, like I look at Indiana Jones as, oh, the Indiana Jones trilogy and then that one. I mean, I can see that, but I don't know. I it it doesn't bother me. I get what you're saying, and I do I, understand it. I'm still a firm. I'm still a firm believer that once something is canon, it's canon. Once something is part of a saga, you have to accept it, like it or not. Right. As much as I did not like the Last Jedi, I still will say it is episode eight. I'm not one of those fucking people that'll be like, oh, it should it should be you know it should be scrapped from the canon. It should not be considered episode eight, or it should all be a dream. It is what it is. We didn't. I didn't like it. I I'll move on. You know. Hopefully, episode nine will will fucking rectify some of that shit but if it doesn't it doesn't it, that's what it is and that's but my big problem like that i'm always frothing at the mouth for this is that star wars is because of us it's because of fans it's because of the people that take this shit way too seriously so when something doesn't go that the way we want it to we we freak out and cry like little bitches and that happens frequently right now that's true it's i get that. different it's different when it comes to like Marvel releasing a new comic because that's just a comic. But when it comes to a movie, which is a whole other experience of like, I could see these things that I saw on paper come to life. And if it's not done well, it's, it's not, I mean, some things we can accept. Some changes are like, okay, well, you know, they, the, the costume for fucking Thanos is not pitch perfect to, uh, you know, how it is in the comics, but it's pretty fucking close. So, right, right. And a lot of people are just like, hey, it's fucking Thanos. What are you complaining about? It's not Bruce Willis in a purple costume. Right. Which no, is what I, it kind of looks like. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. I didn't think of it that way, but now that you say it, yeah. But it, it, you're right, and, and I get all that. So going back to your question about the prequels, like, I was just happy to get it, and – like and there were things I love about the prequels. So one of the things that and I'm pretty sure I saw this on that bonus disc or one of the bonus discs I got with the Blu-ray pack is when George originally came up with the idea of the lightsaber and the lightsaber fights. It was supposed to be like a broadsword, so like two knights in medieval England fighting, and it's big and it's heavy and. It's hard to wield and that whole thing. And then he rethought it after making the original three and said, you know what? It should be more like a samurai sword and that kind of fighting. And that's how you get the lightsaber battles you get in all three of the prequels, which I think are all amazing. You know, especially, I mean. Duel the Fates. What's that? Duel the Fates. I don't know what that. what you mean by that. I'm sorry. Duel the Fates is the fight between Maul and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. The music, the... That's called Duel of the Fates. Okay, I, I didn't know it by name, so I apologize. But yeah, no, that's cool. My favorite... My my second favorite fight in that is actually the one between Obi-Wan and Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. I think that's an amazing fight. Yeah. Well, see, going to the music, Duel of the Fates is a pumped-up action, and battle... the. 
fight between Obi and and uh, Anakin, the song is called "Battle of the Heroes." And right. if you listen to the music again, "Battle of the Heroes" is the same song as "Duel of the Fates," but sadder. It's more poetic. It's okay. more depressing because it's brother versus brother. Sure. It's father figure versus son figure. It's teacher versus mentor. It's friend versus friend. Right. So I I agree that the fight scenes in the prequels are substantially better and more high octane because we're seeing Jedi's and Sis on their in their prime. So it's going to be more high fa- high paced. Right. And like- whereas in the original trilogy. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like Deb, my fiance Debbie was watching that that marathon I told you did on Easter. She watched part of it with me. She had to work for part of the day, so I was watching it by myself. But she happened to be there for the Obi Wan Darth Vader fight in A New Hope, and she was kind of laughing at it because she's like, "Uh," because uh, it looks like they're just like poking at each other. Like it's really, really, comparatively speaking, bad. It's even worse. When you realize that Vader can kick fucking ass like he does in Rogue One, which is like three yeah. days before A New Hope even happens. Which, wait, can I – I don't want to spin off too far, but did – I know James Earl Jones did the voice in Rogue One, but he didn't sound right. It sounded wrong to me. Did it sound that way to you? No. No, he's just 80 years old. No, I, I get that, and I, and I – Hope that that's just what it was, and I love James Earl Jones's voice. He he is, as you said, Darth Vader. I mean, that's what it, it is. But it, I'm hearing him talking that, and I was like, ugh. Like it actually pained me a little bit to listen to. And that's not a crack on him. It's just the reality of it. They they may have uh, tweaked his voice a little bit to try and get him to match how young he was in uh, A New Hope. Well, if that's what they went for, they failed. I hate to say it. But even then, like, he sounded better in Revenge of the Sith in that, what, 10 seconds of lines that he has? Except for, no! Well, right, but I'm he's talking about, you know, where's Padme and that whole thing. But, um, I don't know. I just wanted to get, get your thoughts because it... it I remember even turning to Debbie when we watched Rogue One the first time. I was like, is that James Earl Jones? Because it almost didn't sound like it. I had to look it up to confirm that he actually did do it again. Like, I was, and I'm glad that it's him. Even if it doesn't sound right to my ears, I'm glad they didn't go and get someone else to do the voice. But I I, I remember, I, I know what you're talking about because there's a couple lines like, you know, uh, don't. Don't choke on your own aspirations, or whatever the fuck he says, and right. it's like, huh? It sounds a little different. It doesn't. It doesn't sound as booming, right? As normal. It sounds kind of like Vader going through puberty. Yes, that's a that's a really good way to put it. That's what it sounded like, and I was like, that's what made me almost think they went and got someone who was trying to do an Earl, James Earl Jones impression, and then I'm like, no, please tell me they didn't do that, which they didn't. So I'm happy about that. But I think it's, I, I think it's just I think it's just Vader's voice is just or James Earl Jones James Earl Jones's voice uh, is just getting a little weaker, and I I don't know if they if they tweaked his voice a little bit or if it's just how James Earl Jones sounds. 
Um, I don't know. That the, the answer to that is I don't know, but it was uh, it was definitely a little noticeable where I'm like, huh? Because for me, like Vader, I mean, obviously I can't do a, a decent James Earl Jones, but it's like, remember who you are. I am you are my son. I am your father. And then it's like for Rogue One, it's like. I am your father, just kind of like up a little bit right. and just not perfect. Right, and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. It might even been up a little more than you just did it, but you did a really good just to get the point across. So absolutely. Um, but I do want to get I, back I think to I, I think I could have done like a, a James Old Joe. I, I think I could have done like Mufasa for a directed DVD. Like, there you go. Remember, um, you are... But getting back to your question about Attack of the Clones, which I think the question was, why why do I like it? Was that the question? I think, no, the question is, like, why is that your favorite? Um, well, there's a couple reasons for it. One, um, well, I understood in Phantom Menace the need to have the super young Anakin and, and kind of build that I like better seeing the Padawan version of him, where he's a little more adult. He's got a way to kind of think for himself, and he's a little rebellious and and whatnot. Um, I like that. I I just liked a lot of the scenes. Like so, when the bounty hunter tries to kill um, Padme, and they go after her. Or him, I guess, technically, but you know what I'm saying. Um, that whole sequence was awesome. And, and in some ways, kind of an homage to the cantina scene from A New Hope, if you remember. Because um, a lot yeah. of it, it, I don't want to call it shot for shot the same sequence, but it's definitely similar. Um, and look, I'm a guy who is impressed by little things. So, like, when the kid's talking to Obi-Wan, he's like, do you want to buy some death sticks? And he goes, you don't want to sell me death sticks. And he goes, I don't want to sell you death sticks. And that whole sequence, that was awesome. I laughed audibly out loud at that because I found it great. Like, I loved it. Um, Sure. You know, and then... You and I were talking the other day when we first talked on Skype, and you were saying something to me about you think I'm kind of like a romantic, and I am. And so watching that relationship build between Padme and Anakin and ultimately, you know, end up in them wanting to be with each other, that was cool for me. I enjoyed watching that. Some of it was painful, I'm not going to lie. Some of it was dragged on. I was like, alright, that's kind of unnecessary. But the overall concept, it was something I enjoyed. Um, and then then you get into um, Obi-Wan following Boba Fett around and kind of seeing what's going on with that and that whole sequence. Like One of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars is when they're flying through the asteroid field and both... The... I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. 
Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, if it's dropping off these death charges and just that whole thing, I don't know why, but I enjoy that scene a lot. And then... The fight in the Coliseum towards the end was an amazing scene. And, of course, and I saw this in the theater, so I can tell you, and I'm sure you did too, um, just based on your age, but when Yoda went into the room with Dooku and Obi-Wan's unconscious and... I think Anakin's already lost his arm. He's unconscious, and he just hobbles in there and then drops the cane and force... What's the word for it? Force lifts the his lightsaber into his hand and then just goes ape shit. The entire theater I was into erupted in cheers. Like, it was... We were all cheering Yoda on at that point, and he just went buck wild. I almost wanted him to defeat Dooku. It was a damn shame to let him get away. But it was like... And then what was great about that, though, was, okay, so he gets away. Yoda looks up, watches the ship fly away, and does a force thing to get his cane back and starts hobbling like he's this broken old man again. Like, I don't know why, but that was awesome to me to go from feeble old man to I'm kicking your ass back to that and not even blinking an eye about it. I mean, look, no disrespect to to your viewing experience, but I didn't have that. Because when Attack of the Clones came out, I saw my brothers uh, and we... While the audience may have erupted with cheers for your theater... We had the whole audience, including us, erupted with laughter of the sh- But it wasn't like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. This is so ridiculous. This is Yoda leapfrogging all over the fucking walls. It was just we, – it was kind of that surprise laughter of like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and but that's that- kind of how I felt – and that's a little bit of what we had, but it was in that positive kind of way of like, because, all right, if you, and I am not a movie maker in any capacity whatsoever, but if you were to ask me prior to seeing that, what would a fight with Yoda look like? That would have been it. I, I probably would agree, but I would probably not I would probably think people are going to laugh at me. I don't want to make that risk. I don't want to make Yoda go fucking apeshit. Like, if I was George Lucas, I would imagine his inner struggle would be like, um, do I make him kind of walk around with a cane but still wield a lightsaber? Do I make him more powerful using the Force and so 
bit of a lightsaber, or do I have him just go fucking ape shit and go Jean Claude Van Damme all over uh, Christopher Lee? Well, and yeah. On one hand, like it's like here's the whole thing on the concept of the Force that we don't know because even going to like Last Jedi, like now Last Jedi has basically confirmed that. The force is like a battery pack. And if you deplete your force power too much, you can die. That's what happened in Luke, basically. That's not how I took that. He used up all his force. That's how I interpreted it. Okay, and I and I definitely see how you get to that. I do. So I, I'm not sitting here and calling you wrong. Because there will be times I'm sure we talk about shit, and I'll be like, no, you're just fucking wrong. <laughs> This isn't one of those times. Well, fuck you. Fuck you too. Um, but no, I, I'm trying to think of how to analogize this because I, I'm probably have to put some thought into it. But I, I don't think it's a battery pack. But I think if it's something you can shut yourself away from, that when he finally, as he said he did, that when he finally allowed himself to feel it again, it might have been too overwhelming for his body at that age. Do you know what I'm saying? So not a battery I mean, pack. But... Yeah. I mean, look, we, we could talk. We could do a whole episode about Last Jedi, but like, look, how do I feel about Yoda leapfrogging all our fucking Christopher Lee? I thought it was fine. I because I was also 11 years old, so it was fine for me. And then. And then I just and I also it kind of, at the time I was like it made sense it was it was fine for you know you'd imagine Yoda in his prime like Obi Wan in his prime or Anakin in his prime just being able to fucking triple flip all over the fucking place it just seemed kind of ridiculous and I look that was not my issue that I had with Attack of the Clones I'm sure it's not it's but... it's 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 in response to the. My problem it was more in touch with the romance because it just was very cringy. Look, can we? I'm just going to state that George Lucas is an amazing storyteller, but he's not a great writer. That's potentially fair. Go with that. Sure. That's potentially what? Fair. That's a fair statement. He, he can't really. I mean, even. In the original Star Wars, like, um, I think it was Harrison Ford said to, like, Mark Hamill, he's like, you, uh, you can't, you can write this shit, but you sure can't say it. Yeah. Because, like, the dialogue was just so ridiculous. Well, yeah, And, and I think that's why you, going back to real quick what you were saying about Empire way early on, about how he had the co writer in, in, was it Kazdan? Yeah, Lawrence Kazdan. Yeah. And that's probably why you bring someone on like that to help you with that kind of stuff. Yeah, because Empire is just superiorly, superiorly a better written film than than A New Hope and Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith are all written by George Lucas. So that kind of goes with what I'm saying. So, but that the dialogue is just so cringy with like Anakin and Padme or fucking Panda Bear, where the fuck her name is, and it's just like when I'm with you, I'm in agony. You shouldn't have given me the kiss that you gave me, and now my I'm burning, and you, you you've tortured my soul, and you get right. like okay. Well, on one hand, 
No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your point. My problem, it was just, it was so cringy, but I understand that on one half, Anakin is 17. Or no, he's like, he's 19 in Attack of the Clones. And he has had no experience and no game whatsoever trying to woo a woman. Not to mention Padme is a fucking senator. She was a queen. She's got the best training of how to speak. She's diplomatic. She's used to speaking to large audiences. And she, you know, she's royalty. You know, she's she's a politician. Despite what we currently have, politicians are supposed to speak a little bit more regal. So on one hand, he's, he's a... 19-year-old kid who has no game. And look, we've all been there. We've all been like, if I just tell her my soul is on fire, she'll want to blow me. <laughs> right, right. But at the same time, you're looking at it, and you're like, I was never that bad at 19. I just, I think my biggest problem is that Hayden Christensen can't act. Okay, so That's I was... Problem. Right, so before you go further, I was going to ask you, because, again, we're both huge Kev fans. That's why we're here, or it's what at least brought us together. And there's that sequence in Clerks 2 where the Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars, which is actually my favorite part of Clerks 2. I love that sequence with Randall and the dude that comes in. Um And the dude one... totally play Quentin Tarantino in a Quentin Tarantino biopic, by the way. What's that? That guy who plays the Hobbit fan, yeah. he could play Quentin Tarantino if they ever made a movie about about Quentin Tarantino. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't disagree at all. Um, and honestly, Kev should make that movie. Um, when he... <laughs> He's doing that robotic voice and goes, my name is Anakin. My shitty acting is destroying Saga. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like that killed those three movies? Or at least the two, at least? Because he's not in Phantom Menace. Um, I think that I, I blame both Hayden Christensen. I don't think he ruined it. But he certainly did not make it any better. Right. I blame um, not really looking for actors. He, you know, because he the whole thing is he wanted to make an amazing set. You know, Liam Neeson is an amazing actor, but that was just a stroke of the uh, that was just a stroke of luck that he was a good actor playing Qui Gon Jinn. Same with Ewan McGregor. Same with Samuel Jackson. Same with Ian McDermott. But at the same time, he's not. You know, he really kind of you know i don't I, i'm trying to think of a, like a star wars reference to go with this like he he really killed the tauntaun in this one <laughs> when it came to having um uh hayden christensen as anakin because while he's very good looking and he clearly knows how to do the stunts and he looks good staying next to uh natalie portman he christ natalie he portman makes anyone look good stunt- he also perpetually sounded like he was going through puberty. Well, he and, might have been. But, you know, the, the problem with this is that we know he becomes Darth Vader. So, like, it would have been an amazing what-the-fuck moment if, if, say, for the sake of arguments, George Lucas released the prequels before he did the original trilogy. So it came out normal. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and so on and so forth. You can even throw 
the sp- the spinoffs in there peppered in a little bit, but like it was numerically one, two, three, all the way to nine. It would have been a complete oh my fuck kind of moment if this whiny like Obi Wan doesn't understand me kind of voice became this ultimate bad. It's just like you know don't you don't know the power of the dark side like this all raw rage that would have been like the biggest holy shit moment for us as fans to see this evolution of this whiny little kid being like are you an angel all of a sudden to like you know to the biggest badass dark guy in the fucking uh galaxy the big the boogeyman of space basically but because it's four five six and then one two and three we're watching Vader sort of go backwards, and it's really very cringy. I mean, Vader is sacred. Luke is sacred. All these characters, if you love them, they're sacred to you, with the exception of, like, C-3PO. Fuck C-3PO. Well, and but is that because you had to play him? Arm. <laughs> no, but, all right, so let me ask you this, though. Don't you need that uncertainty in himself and that whininess as you put it to ultimately have that conflict within that turns him to the dark side see I think you need that now I'm not gonna sit here and argue the merits of Hayden Christensen as an actor but that whining in it that part of it the the whininess and that whole thing, I think you need that to fuel the conflict that ultimately makes him become Vader. And the only reason why he gets the that. voice is the mask. If he's not if he's not destroyed physically the way that he is, that he needs the suit, the Darth Vader suit, you don't get that voice. I don't you know, and that's just trying to put logic into something that's not logical in a movie. But if you're trying to argue that out, I think if you don't have that suit, you don't get that voice, so it doesn't matter. I, I know what you're leaning towards. You're leaning towards this article that Kevin had written where he basically gave Attack of the Clones and specifically Hayden Christensen a stellar review where he said – like. Like you're saying, and I agree with you, which is he was too old when he was started being trained as a Jedi. So he already has the anger. He misses his mother. He has, uh, you know, has has a deep love for Padme, and he is being raised by someone who didn't even really want him in the first place. Originally, Qui Gon was the one who wanted him, and then Obi Wan just sort of got like basically, you know, is now babysitting. And so right. Obi-Wan is going through his own bullshit as just trying to be Jedi Knight and, be, you know, rise the ranks and, and fall the force. And he's got to deal with this fucking, you know, little whiny little fuck. Right. No. So, I, yeah. yes, him being him being 19, him all of a sudden, like, really just pent up and filled with cum is really just what all the frustration is. Is just he really desperately needs to fuck something. <laughs> he's actually frustrated and plus you're, you're putting a, a a weapon in his hand plus you're, you're giving him powers where he jumps you know super fucking high up he can slice someone's head off if he needs to right I, and i and i don't say this in a i mean look i'm i'm very critical of what i 
what I believe is is what I believe, and I and I will I will go with what people talk about. But like watching this movie, I kept thinking of an angry kid who joins the army or who joins the police force. All of a sudden, he has all this responsibility and he's all this power and he has all this rage. You could argue that like. You know, I don't know how it is in, in New Jersey, but like Oakland PD can be very or, – or any police department really can be very uh, aggressive. They're not – and because they're trained that way, but also there are a lot of people who joined the police force that were bullies. Right. And, yeah, absolutely. And they want to continue being a bully. So now if you take that person with anger issues – and put a gun in his hand. You have the makings of a of a big bad situation. So yeah. I and, and the same thing with the army. It's like the army is like I support the troops, but I don't support the army. Let's put you understand what I'm saying. Like I support I everyone who who joins up and, and is fighting and, and risking their lives for us. But I also wish they didn't have to fucking risk our lives for something as stupid as like bombing Syria. Yeah, well, unfortunately, days. that's not their call. So, but yeah. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, other thing, but that's not their decision either, unfortunately. No, it's not, but it is It is their decision sometimes to join. No, that you know, part, it's, yeah, it's I'm their... talking about once they're in, where they go, what they do, you know, that's all. Which is, wars are fought by soldiers, and the Jedi are just monk soldiers. They, they just, they're not artillery, they're, they're more, you know, keepers of the peace and everything, but they happen to be able to fuck you up really easily if they want to. Right. And I think I do think that Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, but Attack of the Clones for sure, uh, captured that inner turmoil. The pr- problem is is that Hayden Christensen is not a good actor. Now let me put it let me let me spin it on you because there's a one of my all time favorite underrated movies is a movie called Shattered Glass. I've heard and of it. Hayden I've not seen it. Is the main star? Okay, and he is very whiny. He's very conniving. He's very cunning, and it's all about him being a journalist. And this is all a true story. It's all about him being a journalist, and he uh, he makes up everything that he passes on as truth. He's lying about all his papers, all of his. Amazing discoveries is all bullshit. So he's constantly covering his tracks and he's constantly trying to cozy up to people and be like, why are you attacking me? I'm just doing what I can. I'm just, I'm not a villain. Like, why are you attacking? I'm just trying to write my story, you know? And, and it fits, it fits absolutely perfect for this role because this role is he's whiny. He's, he's conniving. He's cunning. He's kind of weak and pathetic. And he just, is just a, a lost broken kid. And right. that fits well for that movie. So he's perfect for that. And I encourage anyone who's listening to watch Shattered Glass. It is stupendous. And if you're – it's sort of like a poor man's All the President's Men because it's all about journalism and it's kind of a mystery. And if you if you like to write, you will appreciate that. But he just was what – he, what he did with that was just not good for as Vader because we have high expectations for Vader. Like the – um, it's, I'm conflicted because even going back to the first one in Phantom Menace, you see this kid 
who loves life and is saying yippee and jumping around and has all this innocence with him. And we're like, oh, well, fuck. We want Vader to be some Damien baby. We wanted, like, Vader to be pure evil as a baby. But the scary thing is that he starts out innocent and happy and amazing. So I love the arc of Vader. But I didn't think Hayden Christensen was a well – a good enough actor. And his voice cracked way too much. I think they could have found a better actor with the same arc. That's so, what I think. I think so, someone else could have done a better job. Right. Okay. And and you kind of lead me to the next question I was going to ask you then, because you follow movies way more than I do. I've never even heard. I think I've heard of Shattered Glass, but that's it. And I didn't know he was in it. So who would you cast? Who would you have casted for that role? At the time or anybody? Like, it, like my perfect Anakin or just at that time, circa 99 to 2002, whatever it was? Both. Um, I would say, I remember like Leo DiCaprio was like a big contender. Okay. And I would not have cast that, but I'm just trying to think of like age wise and who would have, um, you know, I would have probably gone, Someone like Tom Holland, okay. If he was taller, right? He's, he's a little short, but I get your point. I mean, I would even be okay with like Tobey Maguire. That wouldn't have been bad. Um, although Tobey Maguire kind of can't act either. That's the problem. Is that? Well, <clears throat> I, I so, think we have high expectations because it's Vader. You know, right, it's the so, same thing with like. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm just letting you know. Hayden Christensen is my age. He's a year younger than me, technically. So he's 37. 37? Yeah, I mean, um, 37. Um, he's the I mean, my brothers are, are 36. So, like, you and my brothers and, and Hayden Christensen are all in the same age. But, like, I, I mean, Natalie Portman was 11 when she did, like, Leon. So, so as long as someone looks like they could be... 20, 20 years old. That's all they really need. So, um, I mean, shit, in 2001, you could have even cast Johnny Depp. Yeah, but would he be a good, would he have been a good fit for the role? I'm not saying he's not a good actor. Um, I, I think he, if he, all right, I'll tell you who actually would have been a really good um, Anakin. Jared Leto. Yes, I could see that. I could give you that one. Sure. Because Jared Leto always he, he Jared Leto is like almost fifty. I don't think he's that old, is he? It, I'm I'm pretty positive he's almost fifty. Like he's definitely in his mid forties. I'm looking up right now because I'm I'm I was looking up other actors around his age, around Hayden Christensen's age, just to see who his contemporaries would have been. You're right. He's 46. He's 10 years. He's 10. He's exactly 10 years younger than or older than Hayden Christensen. So, but he also looks. The, I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. 
Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's Partner Plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash in right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by substantially younger oh yeah 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 yeah. like he i mean when i told you like he's like in his 40s you're like no he's not like yeah he's like he looks very young so he actually would have been a perfect age to look at i I don't know he may have been offered or he may have auditioned but i think you know he was like doing his own thing he was choosing his own movies uh you know i mean yeah, he became the Joker, and and he became you know he's in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, I could also see Ryan Gosling, but Ryan Gosling also is a is a hardcore mumbler. Mm. So it would have I would like to see someone who has some diction, and I know I mumble too, but like mumbling is not a fucking accent we all understand. You know, it's not like, oh, you mumble. I can understand what you're saying because I mumble. It's just like, I don't know what the fuck you said. Um, So I think people in that area, like, I think Jared Leto would have been a really good choice uh, because he, I've seen him have some rage. Like, and he, that's the thing is that when he has the rage, he needs to bellow out a yell, not, eh. You know, that, that was, like, did you ever play the Star Wars Episode Three PlayStation Two game? I'm trying to remember, I am a huge gamer, so I do play a lot of games. I don't think I played that one though. No. Do you have Xbox or PS? Uh, PlayStation, and there's a reason for that. There's a specific reason for it. Okay, um, I, yeah. I have I have a PlayStation Three, so they have. Star Wars Episode Three, like a PS2 classic, you could download that on your fucking game, and it's remember that pretty fun. It's really fun, and the the whole point of bringing it up is the voice actor who is voicing Hayden Christensen or voicing Anakin gets the whininess perfect, but you didn't even realize that he whined so much. It's just like like when when your character dies, he just he sounds. And I'm like, right. wow, even the voice actor knows how terrible, like, Anakin <laughs> sounds. So, I just uh, I just did a search, and I got a bunch of um, actors and actresses that were born in 1981. So, same exact year as he is. And uh-huh. there's a couple that jump out at me that are pretty famous I did not realize were born that year. Now, I don't know if they would work... In the role, 
but um, Justin Timberlake. I know he's a singer, but he's done some acting, and he's not half bad. I've liked him in some of the roles I've seen him in. Um, but Chris Evans. But he would not have been. Oh, Chris Evans would have been good. Chris Evans is the same age as he is. Stephen Amell is. Uh, was Stephen he, Amell acting in, in the early well, 2000s? That, I, that I'd have to look up, and I can, but um, let me look. But I'm just going on people that are his, his age. You see, his first role was in 2004. That's two years after... Um, Attack of the Clones. Okay. So there you go. Now, that's not to say he wasn't acting before, but that's his first, like, credited role that I'm seeing on IMDb. You know, if it was... I could also see, like... I'm trying to think of, like, who was, like, well, around me, that time who, famous in the 90s. Let like, me... Like, uh, the cast of Nick and Pie. Right, well, Tom Hiddleston was also the right age. No, I don't think that would have been a good fit. I love Tom Hiddleston, but I don't think that would have been a good fit. Tom Hiddleston would have been a Tom Hiddleston would have been perfect in Revenge of the Sith, but not Attack of the Clones. Right, but that right, and that's the problem. You needed the yeah. consistency. And then there's this guy that looks physically looks apart, but I've never heard of him. Joseph Morgan. Uh, he was in the. Uh, he was in Alexander and the Immortals. It looks like, and the Vampire Diaries. He's got a regular role in. Look up Joseph Morgan. I've never heard of him. Yeah, I never heard of him either. But he he looks the part, just based on. But that's based on the fact that they used his hating Christians, and so I don't know that that would have worked otherwise. You know who actually could have been a good one what was Heath Ledger. Yeah, I I would have watched that. Sure. I wonder or how even he would have been I, I would even go Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, that would have been really good too. That honestly would have been really good. I would have been happy with that. See, that's so. my point is that Hayden Christensen is a pretty man. I mean, he's he – but I think that's sort of I, – I honestly believe that George Lucas just cast him because he looked good staying next to Natalie Portman. I don't think he yeah. really kind of on the audition tapes, and that was the problem. You, yeah, when you got Natalie Portman, you need someone who can hold up that because, Jesus. Like, I don't know that I have to get a jail-free card with them, but if I had one, that'd be my own. I'd use it on. On uh, Natalie Portman? Yeah. I'm just going to tell you, you... Don't have a get out of jail free card. No, I'm sure I don't. But if I no if, guy if, has that. Oh no, I'm sure of it. But if that thing kind of thing actually existed and it was real and I could use it, that's where I'd use it. I think we'll call it a fuck it list. There you go. She uh, certainly would be on it. Natalie, that's for sure. Natalie Natalie Portman would be on yours. Um, I, I mean, if we're segueing, mine would probably be Selma Hayek. Yeah, not for me. I get it, but no. I I I I'm a big fan of of curves, so Selma Hayek has all the curves. There you go. Uh, but I'm very happy with my with I, I would. That's the thing. Even if like Selma Hayek came up to me, or any celebrity, or any beautiful woman came up to me and was just like, you know, I I will I will sleep with you. I'm I'm gonna be like I'm 
honored. I'm grateful, but it's never going to happen because I'm I, I love who I love, and I and I'm very monogamous. I've never cheated on anybody, and I I've, I've been cheated on. So the whole like, oh, you get a free pass. I'm not even interested in that. Like the only thing I'd be interested in be like, let's have a threesome. Not oh, let me just fuck this person while you aren't. Like what let's is- all do this together. That way we're all in trouble. Way to take something I said that was meant and fun to make me look like a scumbag because I would cheat on my fiance. Thanks, bro. You're welcome. <laughs> How's the wedding planning going? Yeah, not so good now. Um, no, but in all seriousness, <laughs> I wouldn't do that to her either, and she knows it. And we've joked about it. She's got a list of dudes. I can't remember who it is, but she's got a short list. So. It's everyone who's not you. That's yeah. the point. That's the that's the <laughs> point, though. It's like it's everyone else that's not me. So why would I? Yeah. Uh, but but anyway. I, I could see. Um, I just that was my biggest problem was the dialogue of of clones and Hayden Christensen's fucking. But the dialogue like, didn't get any better in Jedi or Sith. So. Why are you more okay with that one than, say, Attack of the Clones? Because I didn't have that cringy fucking scene with, like, when I'm with you, I'm in agony. I should never have gotten that kiss. You, you my soul's burning. So like, if dude, they had you cut are that, fucking... If they had cut that whole part out, and I don't mean the whole Coliseum part, because you need that for the, the war part, but if they had cut out that interaction in the tunnel excuse me, out of this, the movie before they go out there, would you have found it to be a better movie? Like, would it have been that much of a difference? Yes. Really? That one yes. scene killed it that badly no, for you? No, it's, it's not that one scene. It's all... It, what I would insist would be that all the love interactions... any every Every scene between Padme and Anakin need to be reshot. It just need to be better because it just seemed clunky. It didn't seem like I, I'm, I'm trying to look at it from her point of view. And I still, for the life of me, cannot understand why the fuck she falls in love with him. I understand why oh, I he falls in love with her. Right. And I, I, I agree with your point to, about that, that there. But I think you would agree with me that you need the love story because you need to ultimately end up with Luke and Leia. I'm not saying that it has to be cut. I'm saying it just, it needs to be structured better because looking at it from Padme's point of view, she's got this fucking kid who had a crush on her, who called her an angel and she was nice to, and he never got over years later. Ten years he's been thinking about her, and he's never done anything else. He's been just focusing on becoming a Jedi. She's forgot about him. She's gone and done her own thing. She's become a senator, she, yeah. which I don't understand the hierarchy of, like, do you lose stance if you go from being a queen to a senator? But that's, behold, that's another point. Well, you get an um, elected queen, if you remember. She's not a queen by birthright. She was elected queen, which I never understood either. Well, she was elected senator, so who the fuck is voting for her? No, 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 no. The senators are appointed by the queen. 
That's how I interpreted it. So you're elected queen, and then whoever the queen is says, okay, I want you to be a senator. I think you have the right to say no, but it's not an elected position. Not like we think of senators here. Lucas sort of modeled over that. Well, of course he did, but that's how I – I mean, and and to your point real quick, when you say that, that was what a lot of people I heard complaint with – some of these prequel movies was all the Senate scenes. Like, there wasn't a need for all those political scenes. And I'm like, well, I kind of think there was. Well, I agree that there was. And it didn't, I mean, when I was a kid, yeah, I was like, fuck, it's boring. Where's, where, you know, shoot a fucking, you know, shoot a Tauntaun <laughs> or something. Like, right. let's do something. Um, but uh, as a whole series, he, you know, Lucas was setting down, he was planting the seeds of what's to come you know that palpatine had to rise to power and this shows how he rose to power exactly so i, right. I i'm fine with that but i'm going back to padme looking at like she's now this kid comes back and is taller better looking she's like goodness look how you've grown and he's just like not as much as you i mean like more beautiful i mean like a senator like and you're like dude shut the fuck up to say thank you right but like, you, right but uh, that goes back to what you were talking about earlier about how he has no game. So that awkwardness, that part, that particular part, I had zero objection with. I can agree with some of your objections with the scenes later when they're on Naboo because some of that is painful to watch. I agree. But that particular one I almost felt was necessary, and I was okay with that, it as it that, took. That was fine. That, yeah, that was fine, but— even like Obi Wan looked uncomfortable. That he's like, oh Jesus! Like, I think fuck? anyone watching now, but I was uncomfortable, and I wasn't even fucking there. I was a, I was in my apartment. Well, actually, I was in a theater, but yeah, yeah. Everyone was comfortable watching that, and that's fine. But then it just—he never got good. He never improved his game. That's the thing, right? When you're t- when you're trying to court someone, or trying to woo someone, or you're trying to impress someone, you're trying all sorts of shit. To really trying to get them. You're, right, you're but, just like, but he's go. doing the same thing every time, which is, I'm going to come off really strong. I'm going to come off really pushy. I'm going to come off really, really kind of creepy. And okay. for some reason, that shit won her over. And the only, the only logical, you know, there's two, there's two reasons. She had, or there's three, there's three possible things. She always felt the same way about him. But because of their differences, she just couldn't do it. Or she is shallow as fuck and is like, he's really pretty. I like that. Okay. Which is possible. There are shallow people. All right. Well, there's two parts to things you're talking about. So I want to I want to go well, around me, one part let first. You, let me give you the final one. Please. Yeah. That he sorry. Jedi mind trick. Okay. Well, I, I was going to go there. I don't know about mind trick, but if – the force somehow did play a role in it somewhere. I wonder if that was possible. That's, and it may just be flat out John Jedi mind trick. Sure. But that's certainly a possibility. So I can't, I can't take away from that, but I have to ask you a question first in your perspective. And maybe you've read something that I haven't or seen something that I haven't. How much time do you think, takes place over the course of that movie is it 
a few days, a few weeks, a month? How much time do you think takes place, especially from where they reconnect to when the movie ends at the Coliseum? I think it's, it's about – it's a couple of days. It's really like four or five days at the most. Right, okay. But you, you bring up a really fucking interesting point that I made in one of my rants. Okay. So let's let's do the same question, but for Revenge of the Sith. Okay, how long do you think the duration of the beginning of Revenge of the Sith is to the end? Okay, so how much time between say say it again? So the beginning of Re- Revenge and the end. Yes. How long is the duration of that time period? I would say longer than Attack of the Clones. Um, that's well. See, okay. There's two ways to look at that, because I, I get where you're going, I think. If you base it strictly on the way Padme looks, it's nine months. Easy. Seven minimum. If you go with the rest of the story and take Padme's pregnancy out of it, three weeks. At the most. Right. I would say that, at the most. Right. But... When she tells him she's pregnant, she doesn't look pregnant at all. So She doesn't look pregnant at the end, either. Well, she at least has the baby bump. It's not a great one, but it's there. <laughs> but it's, it's so small compared to twins. Well, yeah, but is that bad storytelling or bad props slash makeup? I think it's a bit or of costuming. everything, and I also think George Lucas, all of George Lucas's kids are adopted. I don't know if he knows how pregnancy actually looks. <laughs> well, I didn't know that, and as an adopted person, props to George for doing that, but yeah. maybe. I mean, uh, yeah, there, there's a, there's a bit of an inconsistency there. Telling. What's that? It's just, but the only thing I could think of that would rectify that is they're not human. They're they're humanoid, but for all we know, Anakin, Padme, and and Obi Wan are they're all from different planets. They're not from Earth. They're not Earthlings. They're right. humans, but they didn't they didn't quote unquote evolve from apes like we did. So you could argue, and I know this would be like like his argument would be like, well, they're not. They don't have the same reproductive systems as us. Their pregnancies work different for them than it does for us. That's and positive. if he just said that, then I wouldn't have a problem. So I, you bring up something that I actually really like that you brought up. And it's not that I have an argument against it because I actually can kind of see where you're coming from. But it brings up a problem I have with something else going on in pop culture that I want to touch on for like 30 seconds. And if we want to... In- Increase on it later. We can. There's this new show out on Sci-Fi Channel called Krypton. Have you heard of it? No. Okay, so it's Superman. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Krypton, the the uh, fucking uh, 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 Superman's grandfather show. Yes, yes, that show. Uh, I I've heard of it. I have not seen it, and I have okay. very little uh, interest in seeing it. Um, I watched it. I've I've been watching it. I'm trying to watch it, and the only, it's slow. At least 
the episodes I've watched so far. It's slow, so I'm struggling with it. What's that? It also, I mean, look, you you've seen a little bit of more. You've seen it, and I haven't seen it, but it also looks like it's not needed. I don't know that it's not needed. It because there was a special that came on before the show aired, where they interviewed producers and all that. And David Goyer is the executive producer of the show, and it was it's a good thing. What's that? That doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. No, I'm not saying that it does, but he explained that he liked the way they explored the world of Krypton at the beginning of Man of Steel and wanted to expand on that, and that's part of the purpose of the show. But anyway, that's not what I want to get into tonight, and we can certainly get into that if you want to one time. But on that show, they use a lot of Earth slang and Earth's curse. Earth's curse words, so like bullshit, bastard, and things like that. To your point about Anakin and Padme being humanoid, but not humans as we think of them as an Earth humans, how would these Kryptonians know these fucking words? They wouldn't. Exactly. And that's something I'm having so, issues but, with. But by that logic, like... I'm well, not arguing I mean, it against I don't, your... What's that? Well, Star, see, Star Wars... Uh, I, I mean, I've, did you ever see, like, the visual dictionaries that were, like, those big books that had, like, all the pictures and descriptions of what, like, was in Star Wars movies and shit like that? No, I don't think I've seen those. Look up the Star Wars, like, visual dictionary. You'll know what I'm talking about. It's, like, a big, huge book. <laughs> And it, like, has everything. And they did it for, like, Phantom Menace. They did it for the original trilogy. They did it for the prequels. They did it for the sequels. Um, it's, it's, it is, like, layered with descriptions and shows images of, like, deep – it's, like, the most deep cuts visual dictionary you'll ever see for something we're talking about. And I think I remember reading in one of those books that they're not – that. Obi-Wan and Anakin and Padme and all the people that are speaking English are not speaking English because England doesn't exist in that world. Sure. So what they're speaking is like called um, – it's called something like like basic language or something like it's It's, it's something it's, – it's like Corellian basic or something like that. Okay. So that's – it just happens to be the exact same language as English. Right, right, right. But I, I often wonder the same thing. I'm like, how come like there's all these people with British accents but there's no England? And then like Lucas has to be like, oh, well, they're not they're not British. They're Archillian or they're Arch – they're, you know, they're fucking, you know, the people from Naboo sound like they're – look like they're from Italy or Israel. Right, you know, right, right. It's, it's – he just has to argue that shit. And actually, Naboo was filmed in Italy, so. Right, right, right. Well, and and so I, I like that we go off on these little tangents from time to time, and then we can always circle back to them if, in later episodes if we want to. But one of the greatest transition language things I've ever seen, and I was telling Deb this a month ago or so, is The Hunt for Red October. Do you, mm-hmm. Did you ever see that? Uh, I saw it, but it's been fucking years. I saw okay. the other ones with uh, Harrison Ford a whole lot more than I saw. The 
I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. You coming to bed, hon? Yep. Honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow. Ow. Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We're with uh, Alec Baldwin. Uh, right. So I only, I only saw uh, Red October once. Okay, so... Again, not to get off on a huge tangent, I didn't like the Harrison Ford ones. I actually liked that one, the Hunt for October, better. But anyway, that's not the point of bringing it up. What they do in the beginning of the movie, it opens with a whole bunch of scenes with the Russians. And they're speaking nothing but Russian, and then it's all subtitled. And it's five minutes at worst. So you're not, it's not like the Passion of the Christ where the whole thing's subtitled. Um, but at one point, the science officer is reading something. I think it's a quote from the Bible. And as he's reading it in Russian, they zoom in on his mouth. And as they get to the closest point of the zoom, he starts speaking English. And they zoom back out. And to me, the... The implication is that they're speaking Russian the whole time, but that they're we're seeing it in English so that we can enjoy the movie. And right. I really like that transition that they did. That's a I like that idea. There you, and I think that's a great way of doing it. Um, you also remind me of this book series that I was I read a lot when I was a kid, and I sort of. Uh, Steph and I were reading it together, uh, but then, like, I have to I, – I, I, it's an overdue library book now. I have to return it. Um, <laughs> it's called Pen, It's called Pendragon. No, I'm not enough familiar. So Pendragon is, is basically like the – is another young adult book series. Um, this kid basically, like, gets – plucked out and he has to like go to a different world and save the world and he discovers that he uh is what is known as a traveler i'm giving you the very basic rudimentary description of what this sure. is but he he's on basically he's on a different planet and but it's he's he looks like an african village that that he's in or like, he's like in some medieval village and there's like a castle and knights and shit like that and everyone is speaking gibberish but it's their language and he's talking to other people who speak his language but because they're fellow travelers they can understand every language and when they speak their language it gets interpreted to the other person's language so if i'm speaking english to them they would hear it in their language and vice versa so there's a god sorry so there's a part in it where he is listening, he's watching something and he's about to watch an execution 
This person is screaming in, in their language, and the author's writing the language, and then it, all of a sudden he's writing in English. And mm. It's very seamless, and all of a sudden, like the character's like, "Wait, what the fuck? I just now understand them." And, and so it, it's sort of that's what you remind me of is like now he can hear every every language once his like his ears need to be trained to like listen, and then they can translate it for him. Right. Well, and that's kind of like what they do with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If right. you've ever seen that. Oh, yeah, years ago. Yeah, so when they put the that fish in his ear, and he can understand any language. It's it's. I only saw it once. It's been years, but I remember enjoying it. But I need to rewatch it. I love that fucking movie. It's cheap British humor, but it's good in that way. Do you know what I mean? And it's the same way that like a lot of people don't get or understand Monty Python, and I fucking love Python. So, well, I I would I liked it because it reminded me a lot of uh, Time Bandits and Monty Python. Mon- but Time Bandits, I think I'm more of a Time Bandits fan than I am like just a straight up British humor. I mean, I love British humor, but like Time Bandits is one of my favorites. Yeah, I I did okay with that one. I didn't dislike it, but I struggled with that one for some reason. I can't. I might need to watch it again, honestly. But anyway, um, I liked but, it a whole lot more than Brazil. What's that? I liked it a lot more than Brazil. I don't even know that one. So, anyway, I want to get us back get us back to Star Wars because we still have a whole two movies we haven't touched in the. I guess you would call them the sequels. I would. I wish I didn't, but I would. Oh, uh, see, okay, but see, you said you liked one of them. You, you. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed Force Awakens, and the best way and the most simple way I can I can describe it is because J.J. Abrams gave us something that George Lucas could not, which was he literally gave us a new hope. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him echoing the original film. It didn't bother too. me. It didn't make me upset. It made me it made me excited and nostalgic and and happy to see the original trilogy. Echoed. It's not a blatant ripoff. It's an echo. It's it's still, you know, it's still its own story. And it, you have to kind of reference the original trilogy because Kylo Ren is a clear, you know, carbon copy of Darth Vader. He's obsessed with it. And then I was, like everyone else, really kind of theorizing what Last Jedi was going to be about. And I... I was just so distraught. Like when I don't get me wrong, when I first saw the movie Last Jedi in theaters, I was like everyone else. I was sucked in. I was captivated by it. I was blown away by the by the by what I was seeing. It was like getting drunk, and then and then the then the hangover took over. And then I thought about what I just saw. And I was like, oh, my God, that that was not good at all. Like, that was really, really bad. And then I kept thinking, like, why did I like – why did I not like that movie? And because it seemed like Ryan Johnson went very different for the sake of going very different. Like, I can I can agree that he knows some Star Wars shit. I can agree that he's a fan like we all were. But I will not sit there and say that he 
he I think he did an insult to JJ Abrams. I thought JJ gave a fine film. I thought he did a great job. He set up a whole world, and I think Ryan Johnson just kind of shot all over it. And do you th- do you think that's why they gave the reins back to JJ for episode was it nine? Um, I think. Well, here the funny thing about that is, uh, Colin Trevorrow, who was the supposed to be the original director for episode nine, is from my area, so much so that he worked at the video store that I currently work at. Oh no, shit! That's crazy. Like so, yeah, like video room, which is the video rental. St- that's right, guys. I work at a fucking video rental store. There's still a couple of them out there. But it's the last one in Oakland. Uh, if you're ever out in Oakland, or if you're living in Oakland or the Bay Area, come out and go to the video room. I, I really have to plug that because we really need business. Um, By the way, can I just say my- one of our suggestions for our show name was RST Pod, and I actually kind of like that one too. I don't like that one. I I think it's a little. I mean, it, yeah, I do work in a video store, but like I I like uh, the one we settled on. No, I do too. It was just a. I thought it was a cool homage, but anyway, go ahead. So Colin Trevorrow, like his brother came in one time when Jurassic World was coming out or like it hadn't come out on DVD yet. And he came in and he said, do you guys have Jurassic World? And I said, no, not yet. About another week. And he said, oh, okay. My brother directed it. I was like, bullshit. Your brother directed it. Shut the fuck up, crazy. Because I thought Colin Trevorrow was British. I had never heard him speak. I had never seen an interview with him. But the name Colin Trevorrow, I thought it was Colin Trevorrow. I think it just sounds like a very English, like, my name's Colin Trevorrow. How are you? And, like, it just <laughs> sounded very English. Right. And he, I was like, bullshit. I was like, come on. You're not related to Colin Trevorrow. He's like, well, it's actually Trevorrow. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's Trevorrow. He's like, no, seriously. And he pulled – I was like, let me see your ID because there's no way you're going to have Trevorrow or whatever it's their fucking last name. He shows me his ID. His name is, I, don't, I mean, I, don't, I mean, it's, it's public knowledge. His name is Josh Trevorrow. And I was like, holy shit. And then he said, yeah, he used to work here too. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? He used to work here? What the fuck is going on? So at the time, that's when Colin was, uh, was going to, was like, had just been announced he was going to do episode nine. So like, it was like a big deal. And I'm thinking like, oh shit, I'm working the same job that, the director of Jurassic World and the guy who's going to work with Mark Hamill. And like, I was like, I am, I am like six degrees connected to Mark Hamill or whatever. Like I, right. this is as close as I'm going to get to Mark Hamill, blah, blah, blah. And then he was fired and he was fired for a multitude of reasons, which was he clashed with Kathleen Kennedy and he clashed with, Ron Johnson, he had like the beat. He, he was like Mark Hamill in about like Last Jedi before Mark Hamill was doing it. He was just like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? Like, why are you gonna spoiler kill off Luke? This is bullshit. Why are you making Luke like a, like this is ridiculous? What are you guys doing to Star Wars?" And Kathleen Kennedy, I would imagine, and Ryan Johnson, I would imagine, and Disney were just like, "We know what we're doing." This is what we want. We have a vision. And I think also at the same time, I've heard rumors that Colin may have been, I don't know. I, I just heard rumors that he was getting very egotistical and he was sort of, uh, he was 
you know, putting out his chest a lot. He was sort of peacocking around because he had just done Jurassic World and he was sort of the next Spielberg. He was, you know, his handpicked by Spielberg to do Jurassic World and then he had this bomb uh the book of Henry which I I didn't I didn't hate it I don't understand why people hate this movie it was definitely weirder than I thought it was going to be uh but I thought it was okay um that bombed so all of a sudden there's all this controversy about Colin Trevorrow so I think Kathleen Kennedy and Disney and I think I think Rob Ryan Johnson was just very much the yes man for Kathleen or yes yes ma'am to Kathleen Kennedy because I think Kathleen Kennedy doesn't really know what she wants. And but yeah, she's letting Ryan Johnson I I can I can see that because wants. if you watch the bonus features on The Last Jedi Blu-ray, 4K, whatever, he there's a almost two hour long like documentary of the making of the Last Jedi, and throughout it, I, I got the impression that while he acted confident in what he was doing, he was not. Meaning Ryan Johnson, and I, I don't blame him as, as a filmmaker. I blame him not sticking to his guns because cinematically, Last Jedi is very impressive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's visually beautiful. I mean, I. I loved his movie Looper. So when like, I mean, I'm not even a huge sci-fi fan. Star Wars is like the real huge exception. But like Looper was a great movie he did. Did you see it? I did once. That's the one with the Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. Like a mob. It was like a time-traveling mafia movie. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. That was yeah. really fucking awesome. And I. I'm not a huge fan of Bruce Willis either. And a lot of that comes from our admiration for Kevin Smith. It's like, well, fuck Bruce Willis. You know, it's um, so funny, just real quick, because I was a huge fan prior to those stories. And I lost them right after hearing all those stories about Cop Out. Yeah, it just kills you. It just kills you, right? Doesn't it? It just, it just ruins the the person. Right. And, and to be fair, and we can get into this another time in detail, but I used to work in an environment that allowed me to meet famous musicians. And one of the ones I met was Fieldy from Corn, And he was such a dick that I couldn't listen to Corn for like three years. Wow. Yeah, he was really just shitty. And it, it just because it, I think it fits the same thing with Bruce. Like, I've had trouble watching... Bruce Willis in movies I've loved prior to hearing those stories, and now I watch those movies and I, I struggle. Yeah, I mean, there's that whole expression like "don't meet your heroes," right? And and you know, I've kind of juggled with that with meeting Kev because if I ever meet Kevin and he ends up being a you know shitty person, what not? Not that he'd be a shitty person, because like you said earlier in this show, he's very open with his personal life. So I, I don't think he's a shitty person, but if if it turned out he was shitty that day, it would it would destroy that for me, and I'm fearful of that, you know? You know, for, for Kevin, you can actually see a big transition, because 
in like an evening with Kevin Smith, he's kind of, I mean, he's funny, but he's kind of a, a dick. A little bit. Yeah. I could you know, see that. He, he's, he's very open about like, you know, he, he's, he, he's, he's friendly. He's very friendly. He's very grateful for the career he has in like the, like, you know, circa 2002, like the early 2000s. He's kind of, a, he's kind of rude. And even Kevin talks about it. Like, there was a big transition where he like started smoking pot, where he he became more lively and he became more big smiles and and has a good expression on his face. And hey, on our show, we're gonna do talk about this. And and then, but before he's just like, yeah, today on on uh, Fat Man on Batman, we're gonna talk about this. And you're just like, there's a he didn't have that upbeat personality that he yeah, just I, recently got. I also think that that comes from working with Bruce and what happened and not wanting to be that guy. Do you know what I mean? Not that he was yeah, ever I, that bad, I, I, but I but seeing that he doesn't want to be that guy. I agree. And I think I think life life, you know, kicked him the balls a couple of times. I think okay. uh Tusk and Yoga Hosers and Cop Hat just I think everything Jersey kind of knocked him down. Jersey Girl, too, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we're, uh, I think, <laughs> again, digressing a little far for, I think we want to go. So, for Last Jedi, uh, whatever the background bullshit that was happening with with um, why it is what it is, doesn't matter. What to me was a dumpster fire train wreck of a movie, because it is, it, you can clearly see, I mean, watching Force Awakens, Jay he set some seeds down. I mean, he he put up like, you know, okay, hey, I, I I may not know what I'm going to do with with Ray's parents, but Ray is something special. Like, there's clearly something going on with her. There's a whole Force dream sequence where she touches the Excalibur, the lightsaber, and it's like we don't know if it's memories, we don't know if it's a vision, we don't know if it's a future, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know the lightsaber called to her. Right. That is important. It called to her. It's the Excalibur of the universe. It's it's you know that's why everyone's like, oh my god, maybe she's a she's a Skywalker. She's Luke's daughter. I personally thought she was the reincarnation of Anakin, or the Ray incarnation, if you will. Wow, um, that's that's a really interesting point of view i wouldn't have never thought of it that way but that'd be curious yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well so because I, she would be the she would be a skywalker but she wouldn't be a skywalker she would right. be a chosen one right 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 and and you know going to phantom menace for a second his mother states there is no father he just materialized so it, that's not far-fetched my man that's that isn't, but if I if I'm following where I think you're going, you're gonna eventually get to, and I'm not trying to cut you off, but I think you're gonna get to the conversation between Kylo and her about her parentage, and that was destroyed. What JJ did is that where you're going? Because I have a rebuttal to that. I think he lied to her. I do too, and that's where I was going. I think that was just some bullshit that Kylo was throwing at her to Turner. I think there's still something. Again, I didn't think of it from the 
what you just laid out, but I still think there's something to her having more important lineage than what was laid out in Last Jedi. Or or she was a clone. Or she's like a clone of Luke. She could be a manipulated uh, clone of Luke because he lost his hand. Well, if anything, she'd be a clone of Leia, I would think. I don't know if those well, those clone the I can't remember the name of the race, but I don't know if they have a way to cl- to change the sex. They can modify within, but I don't know if they can go that far. Well, if they can modify and age or slow down like Boba Fett, they what, who's to say the technology has an advance where they can just change genders? No, that's fair. I I'm not. I don't have anything and definitive. And, and it is. It's Star Wars. Who the fuck says they can't do this? Well, okay. But we have spent the last two hours and 17 minutes dissecting the shit out of this. So, you know. But if but, but we were also totally fine with them putting clones in Star Wars. We're like, eh, clones make sense. That's fine. So, like, we just have to accept they can make clones. But, like, it, who knows? Maybe Ray's not – maybe Ray's not a woman. We don't know. Okay, well, I mean, is that going back to that reproductive, not actual humanoid thing that you were talking about? Because if no, if, I was just I, I was just being a dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> I missed that part. Then sorry. Um, but I I I think either she's a clone because they got DNA, or she's an incubator two baby. Um, from from Luke or Anakin's DNA, although it has to be Luke's DNA because there's no Anakin DNA anywhere. Why not? He has, he, well, there could be. I mean, look, the they, the helmet survived the funeral pyre more than I thought it would have. So you never know. I mean, yeah, but see, that, that that's my point is that there's all these how they get that that where that come from? Why well, want to know how Maz Kanata got? fucking Luke's lightsaber. Well, that she even said, like, that's a story for another time. Right, which I'm hoping they're going to address in episode 9. That's honestly what I'm... I'm, ho- I'm not saying it's going to be the focus of the movie, but I do hope that that's addressed. As my question for the helmet was, did... One of two things. Either Snow Quentin got it and gave it to Kylo... And maybe that's how he lured him in. Or did Kylo go to Endor and get it himself? And how the fuck did he find it on a forest planet? What, 30, well, would be like 20 years after it would happen, I guess. He used the force. To find a helmet? If it's got Vader's ashes in it, yeah, he probably connected to Vader's ashes. Okay, that's, that's fair. I could see that, sure. Because he has the ashes. If you remember in Force Awakens, when he, um, like, he has his grandfather's ashes with him. I thought he only had the helmet. Where did you say the ashes? The ashes are underneath the helmet. You think it's the like entire... Like, he has a pile of ashes. Like, when he takes off his helmet, his actual helmet, he, like, puts... You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just gotta turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! 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 Ah!
Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The helmet down and you see a giant cloud of ash. Like he puts his helmet on uh, Vader's uh, uh, ash pile. I'd have to look at it again, but... What seems far-fetched to me is not what you're saying, but that they would still be there all this time later. Look, let's just talk unless Unless physics. Luke collected it. What's that? Well, I mean, would, I, it, yeah, that's possible. Certainly. You know, unless, but he would not have kept the helmet. He would have gotten rid of the helmet. He would have collected the ashes, but he would have disregarded the helmet. So maybe he gave Kylo or Ben uh, the fucking ashes, and then Kylo went out and got the helmet. Well, see, and, and, and uh, we're getting away from Last Jedi, or from those two movies, but, and we haven't even touched Rogue One, but I, <laughs> anyway, um, when he takes the helmet off of him in Jedi, I was always under the impression that he left it on the, like, at the deck of the, the, not the deck, but the floor in the Death Star when he loads him into the plane and flies off before it explodes. Like, I didn't... I mean, maybe I'm arguing semantics, but it you, didn't you, seem like you, he you ever would, grabbed that helmet. You you would be right. You would be right, but uh, when Luke is cremating... Uh, well, that's my, that's my problem. Right, that, that's my problem, though, that he's got this helmet again, but you never saw him... Like it's not like he picked it because he needed both hands to carry his dying father onto the ship. So when did they grab the fucking helmet, which is in two pieces, by the way? Um, the only thing that uh, it reminds me of is I mean, you mentioned the Lego video games. Like, did you ever play Lego the Star Wars video game? I I did, but not for very long, and I didn't finish it. There was well, there they do that recreation scene at the you know for Jedi and and. Luke and and Vader, and what it is is that Vader is is laying. He dies on the um, what would you call it? The 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 landing thing where you walk up to go into the ship. Right. The so yeah, I don't and know then it, it. like the the board basically. Or I don't Draw know what you call yeah, it. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Vader's laying on it. So when Vader when Luke goes in, and starts the ship, he raises that up, and then Vader. His body is lifted into the thing, and then it just like he just kind of falls into the ship. Well, uh, so I can that's see the only that. thing I could think of that happened. But it seemed more like they were half on and half off. That it's a loading ramp is actually probably what it's called. But it looked like he was like yeah. half on and half off the loading ramp. Like it didn't. I mean, and again, we're probably arguing semantics that no one gives a shit about. <laughs> yeah, this is the least. This is the most like. No, but he's off like four inches to the right. You know, he's got to be on. No, no. <laughs> right, Look. right. 
No, I get it. I get who, it. Who, honestly, I, all I want to know is just where did Kylo get the ashes, where he got the um, helmet, um, what if it was Luke who told him about his his grandfather, or if it was Snoke who told him about his grandfather? There's a been lot Leia. of backstory that just was never explained. I mean, it, it could and have I been deal with that. It could have been Han and Leia because he didn't go off with. Well, they don't really say what age, but if you look at the flashback in Jedi, he's basically the age he is. So he. He either started late or he was with Luke for years before that incident. I, inter- I interpreted that as him being about 17. And then in in Kylo Ren era, he's about 30. No, I'd say he's in his 20s. I mean, I can I can give you 17, but I, I mean, maybe again, semantics, but I'm talking like 20, like around your age. You think Kylo Ren in Last Jedi is 26? Well, yeah. I mean, because he and, and Ray are supposed to be about the same age from what I can tell, and Ray's no older than, what, 23? No, she's 19. At least 19. Okay, did they, okay, well, there you go. I mean, but that still feeds my argument, because if he's older than her, which I had don't have an objection to. He's not eleven years older than in her. He's at worst seven. Okay, so so he's he's probably in his late twenties, mid to, uh, mid to late twenties. Uh, I, mean, yeah. I mean, look, it's been thirty years since uh, Jedi and Force Awakens. There's that thirty year gap, right? Is it? Uh, it well, that's the thing. I'm curious. Is there a specific number that's it's, been stated? Because I don't know that. It's it's been thirty years. Okay. So, with that timeline, you know, you would imagine now that Han and Le- Han and Leia are going to get married, and then they're going to have a kid. That's just what's going to happen. Right. And Luke but- is going to start training the Jedi, at, and and look for new Jedi to to start training. Right. So, but if you go back to I'm jumping all the way back to the prequels for a minute. They generally start those Padawans at what looked to be like four or five. Yeah, but so, he is he. Luke is doing his own thing. No, I no, I get that. So you're saying you know, he, that he's he, he's just, just going to get disregarding like, that. He's probably going to go and look for like the original Jedi books and shit like that, the sacred texts, and then oh, look. That's, look, the whole thing is that it's just making us. Like bicker because we're just trying to figure out this, this is just bad storytelling. JJ introduced the characters. All Ryan Johnson had to do was expand on it and give us some answers, and he didn't. Because if you look at the Last Jedi, nothing really fucking happens. Yeah, there's no, there's not, there's not a giant battle sequence. There's like one scene that happens, but the only, the only thing that really happens is the fact that none of our answers get answered none of our questions get answered so like snoke gets killed now that's the one that i have a real big like like look i all accept that ray it comes from nothing she's no one maybe her parents are drunks or maybe she's a long lost fucking stepsister twice removed of, of obi-wan kenobi who cares but snoke is the big bad he came out of complete left field. He came out of nowhere. Like, Palpatine is dead. Evil is dead. Vader is dead. How this guy became so powerful 
with no training because there has to be always two. There are one, no more, no less. Like there's always an, a master and an apprentice, right? Right. So who the fuck is his master? Who the fuck is his apprentice? Where the fuck did he come from? He can't just be that powerful. The dark side. Well, with as far no as, training, as far as apprentice go, I would simply say it's Kylo. But I, I get your point. My only guess would be going back to Darcidius that he found a way to regenerate himself within Snoke. Well, if they were to do that, they would have just recast Ian McDermott. No, because he wasn't Sidious, I thought. Remember? Oh, no, no, I'm not talking about... I'm talking... Oh, what was the... Plagueis. Yes, sorry. Okay, I had the wrong the wrong Sith Lord. That's my fault. And that's fine. I would have been fine with Plagueis. That was the most compelling rumor for it was it's it's Plagueis. That makes a whole lot of fucking sense. Um, that, the fact that they... Like, that that was believable. But the fact that they didn't stop for one second and be like, oh, yeah, um, it's totally Plagueis. Then we'd be like, all right, it's Plagueis. And we're just like, oh, wait, no, it's not. Wait, wait, who the fuck is it? So it just sounds like Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson was fully aware of our theories and all the theories of who is what, who Ray is, all this shit. And he just said, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And, and I'm just going to tell you, he very blatantly says in the movie, he's like, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. It doesn't matter what you think it is. It doesn't matter because the world doesn't the world doesn't work that way where everyone's related to somebody or someone has to be trained. But that's not what we're arguing about. We're arguing about where the fuck did Stoke come from? I can't get the fact that you killed him off, but where the fuck did he come from? That's a big flaw. That you're right. not going to address. Well, and look, I, I, I get all of your arguments, and certainly I'm not arguing against any of them, and, and I definitely see the flaws you're talking about. The only light of hope, pun intended, is JJ's taking over episode 9. And he has the ability and potential to tie those loose ends back up. He... he he can do it. If anyone can do it, it's J.J. Abrams. I really believe that. Now, is he going to? That's the million-dollar question. But really? I think, I mean, can he? Yeah, I think he can. And I can tell you, and it's clear you're certainly much more passionate about this series than I am. Not that I don't like it. I've been, you know, putting my own thoughts through it and whatnot. But if J.J. ties these loose ends up, I'm going to be okay with whatever he comes up with because I have that much faith in him. But that's just me. I I, I agree with that, that J.J. or even Colin Trevorrow, he could have fixed it. He could have worked with it. Sure. Um, but that's my point is Ryan Johnson just gave us gave, – he gave, gave the next – director a complete mess now if if ryan johnson wants to do his own trilogy and he is that's fine do your own story do your own trilogy fuck around with what you want because it's your story but don't come around on and you know shit on someone else's bed and say oh well you have shit on your bed i buy right because no, now that, that person has to clean up shit off their bed. right 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 no you and know, i get it's, that it's, it's 
it's just disrespectful to there there's this great I don't know who the artist was, but he he drew this quick little strip in the vein of Calvin and Hobbes. You know Calvin and Hobbes, right? Oh, that's my favorite comic strip of all time. I have, dude, I have Calvin and Hobbes tattooed on my arm. That's awesome. You'll need to show that to me someday. So I'll, I'll show you. So um, he draws the style in the vein of Calvin. Hobbes. It looks exactly the same artwork. And what it shows is it shows young JJ with glasses, with the curly hair, and everything. Um, playing Star Wars as a little boy outside in his in like his backyard, and he's got the action figures, and he's got the you know the ships, he's got the Death Star, he's got all that shit. And then a woman comes by and says, "Hi, JJ, would it be okay if Ryan comes to play with you?" And she lets, and he's like, "Sure." And then Ryan just takes and destroys everything, just like and running around going bang bang pew pew, and like taking things and just destroying toys and just stomping on things and then a lot of things like no this goes here and then the woman which we can now perceive as Kathleen Kennedy comes back and says alright JJ thanks for hanging out with Ryan let's go home Ryan and then takes Ryan home and Jay just looks at this giant mess that he now has to deal with that's the perfect best <laughs> metaphor I could ever think of yeah I mean for what this current sock I'll tell you why I have so much faith in J.J. Abrams to fix this, though. And I use the word fix loosely. But I'll tell you why. And it goes back to Star Trek for a minute. Because as you may or may not be aware, he he's responsible for the Star Trek reboot that came out, I guess it's, seven or eight yeah, years yeah, ago yeah. now, maybe less, but you know what I'm talking about? 29, I think is when it came out. 2009? Okay. So, but you know he's responsible for that. And yeah, people who saw it early on, the first question they asked him was, this has a lot more action in it than a typical Star Trek movie or series. What was your right? What brought you to that? And it wasn't said it as a criticism. It was just the question. And he said very blatantly, and I heard this multiple times. I was a Star Wars fan. I was always a bigger Star Wars fan than I ever was for Star Trek. Much like you said yourself, you are. And he said, you know. But when someone presents you the opportunity to take on something like this, and since I'll never get to do Star Wars, because at the time it was unfathomable that he would have an opportunity to do it, he's like, I wanted to do this, but I tried to make it a little more like Star Wars was the things that I loved about Star Wars. So, yet without destroying the reverence for what's, Star Trek was. So, he showed he showed that he understood what Star Trek was to the people who loved it. And yes, there are people that still hate the JJ interpretation of it, and you were going to get that no matter what. So that's fine. But he showed reverence right. to what that was, but he also showed reverence to his love for Star Wars, and he made those movies. The first two, because I don't think it has anything to do with Into Darkness. Um... But he he did that. And up to that point, I was really 
unsure of J.J. Abrams, honestly, because I loved Lost. I watched every episode, and I read all the stuff on it, and they said time and time again, they're not dead. They're not dead. This is not purgatory. This, that, and the third. And what was this series finale? They were dead in purgatory. Mm-hmm. Well, it, you kind of ruined it for me. I haven't seen it, but that's okay. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I, still, I, I haven't seen it, so I, I really hadn't, didn't know if I was going to see it. So My fault. Okay. I, I apologize. Well, I warned you about spoilers okay. at the beginning of this fucking show, so, but that had shaken my faith in his ability to tie up loose ends. And then I saw what he did with Star Trek, so... You know, I, I think I think he can do it. Well, I think I, I, I can agree with that, that, that I love J.J.'s interpretation of Star Trek because, like I said, I was never a fan of Star Trek. So my only exposure had been, like, Star Trek, you know, the couple a couple of the motion pictures and, like, maybe one or two episodes of the shows, and it was, like, different shows. So I was never a fan, so I – he made Star Trek fucking pimp and awesome for me, and I really appreciate that. That's kind of what he has set out to do with Star Trek. And and then when he finally got to hold the reins to Star Wars, I, when I saw that he got The Force Awakens, I was super stoked. I thought it was going to be an amazing flick. And while it may not have lived up to those expectations that I had, it's not bad by any means. I still loved it. I think it's a great movie. I watch it a bunch. And the only problem I originally had with it until I read a, an article was when they kill off Han. But mm-hmm. then I read that Harrison Ford had said the only way he was going to ever reprise the role was if he got to die on screen. So he had a hand in that. That wasn't J.J. just well, killing he, off our childhood. Well, honestly, Harrison Ford wanted to die way back when. Right, right, right. Back in Solo to die in Jedi. Right, I remember that's part of what I read, yeah. So he was just like, I'll do it, but you definitely have to kill me. Like, right, that's... exactly. You know, so... I just felt like Ryan Johnson just shut up, just didn't do a good job. That, that's really my main... No, he I... just didn't deliver. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see why you feel that way. I, I don't see it as bad as so many other people do, but I... You know, even Deb and I went and saw it in the theater, and we don't go to the theater very often, but that was one of the movies we both said we need to see that in the theater. It's Star Wars. You don't watch that for the first time on your home surround sound or whatever, even if you've got a good system, and we do. We've got a 60-inch 4K TV and 7.1 surround, and then things are awesome. But that's one of those movies. Steph is the opposite. Steph, Steph would love to watch her every movie in her TV in her room. She no. does not like going out to theaters. No, and I don't like going out to the theaters either. Generally, I don't. I'm being honest with you. Most times, I'd rather wait till it comes out on Blu-ray. I'll buy it or I'll watch it in my house. There are certain flicks, Star Wars, Avengers when it comes out. You know, those are movies I have to see in the theater. Um, I, I agree. You know, and and Thor, I missed in theaters, and that pissed me off. But to the same vein, 
I didn't want to see Black Panther in a the theater. It's not because I'm not interested in the movie or in the character, but not enough to make me want to go spend $40 on movie tickets. You know? So, anyway. We went and saw Last Jedi and came out of it, and I remember sitting kind of funny, and I looked over at Dev, and I'm like, what What did we just watch? <laughs> and And she didn't like it. She still doesn't like it. Okay. She, you can't fly. hear her, but she's saying she did like it. It just didn't live up to her expectations of what a Star Wars movie is, which is what I think your problem with it is. But the point was that it it, it it did hit both of us even weird. We were both like, hmm. You know, so I, I get it. I get where you're coming from, Rico. Like, I, I, I understand the... It's not what we expected. I think that's it. But I think we all expected... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I expected Luke to embrace the... I didn't expect him to go where they went with him and I don't want anything to do with the Force and the Jedi are dead and this whole thing. Like, I expect him to be like, yes, let's... And I didn't expect him maybe to go off and running into battle, but I was looking for him to be that Yoda that he had an empire. You know, and we didn't get that. He didn't explain anything to Ray, and he got pissed no. off at Ray. Like he, he was trying to teach Ray how to use the Force. And look, one of the problems I also had was that the last year was just really funny too. Like there was a lot of really fucking funny parts, and that shouldn't, you know, the humor of Star Wars. It should be a little bit of banter between the two of each other. It should not be. A situation that makes the audience laugh out loud. You what, know, like what party that weird, about? you know, like the banter between Han and he's just like stupid conversation anyway. No, I get that's funny. Because I get that. What was the part you didn't like in Jedi? Well, like the um, where we thought it was this giant ship, like landing, and then it's a giant um, hot iron with steam coming out. I don't remember that. When was that? It's when. Um, it's when uh, Finn and uh, Rose, and I'll talk about Rose later, um, were on the fucking total Death Star that's not the Death Star. They were on, they were like hiding away, and they found like officer uniforms for the First Order. And, but like there's this giant sequence where it looks like this giant ship is like about to land, and then it's revealed that it's a giant uh, iron with steam coming out of it to press down on the clothes for. The, the dry cleaning, order. basically. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was just really funny, and then you're like, wait, why did they do that? Yeah, but I mean, so that one I get, but there's certain comedy in it. I like like when BBH shooting coins out like there are weapons. I and the guy had from the coins that the drunk dude was putting in him because he thought he was a slot machine. I thought that was okay. But now now it's revealed that BBH is becoming a little bit too badass. Like, they got to limit BB-8 a little bit. Well, R2-D2 was badass. R2-D2 was not badass until the prequels, when all of a sudden he could just fucking, like, dump oil and then... The... I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, (laughs) I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. 
Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Set people on fire. Well, yeah, but did you have a problem with that? Kind of. I All of a sudden, like, he just seemed more fluid. He was able to, like, rocket his fucking, like, you know, he was able to just ejaculate fucking oil <laughs> and then, like, set it on fire. And I'm yeah, like, but, like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, at the time, be, I was like, that's really weird. But to but be fair, he was younger. That. Now, I know he's a machine, so he doesn't age, but you get my point. So he's just able to ejaculate a whole lot easier than he did in, like, Return of the Jedi? Well, all right, you're arguing semantics again, but go ahead. That's my point. It's like, it's only 30. It's only 20. It's only, wait, if, if it's Revenge of the Sith to Return of the Jedi, that's like 20 to 25 years. It's not that long. It's not ancient. It's no. not 300. No, but he's been through some, some shit. I mean, a little bit. Not Not much. He got blown the fuck Not up as in much a new hope. I mean, yeah, he got blown up by a fucking Jawa, but no, no, no. I'm talking okay. about. He was totally fine. I'm talking about during the trench run when he gets blown the fuck up from uh, Vader shooting at Luke's ship. Um, yeah, I mean, he was completely anyways. non-operational when they pulled him out of the X-wing. That's true. I mean, they got him fine, up and he, running he, again. He, he but... bounced back. No, of course he bounced back. He's Fucking R two D two. I actually like the fact that, that BB eight has a little more character to him than R two, and I love R two, so I'm not saying anything bad on R two. But the fact that BB eight's got a little more character to it, I I kind of like that. I have nothing against um, BB eight. I think BB eight's adorable and BB 8s funny, but like uh, my my real issue is not like the little shit like that where they're making BB eight become like a total badass that he could like control ships and everything like like that weird, obviously alien aliens scene ship thing that they were using, like that the exoskeleton ship thing. What, the, um, the walking thing? Yeah. No, that was an ad-ad with the, the I might have the wrong initials, but the, the two-legged walking things from Jedi that the Ewoks destroyed with... I, I know, but it's like, I know all of a sudden he's controlling that, it just seems like, eh, whatever, whatever. Alright, I mean... Um, <laughs> Look, the, the whole Canto Blight thing sequence, the whole casino thing, it was fine for about five minutes. Yeah, it and was then too long. It got ridiculous. And, and the character of Rose, I really just had – I really loved in the beginning. I loved her story arc and I loved how, how her humor – and then it just went completely derailed as she derailed Finn. Like she took away the only thing that he had going for him, which was I was born and raised as a stormtrooper. It's all I know, and I don't like it, and I rejected it. I told Phasma, fuck you, and I put her in a trash compactor, and I rejected everything Kylo Ren wanted me to do. So me, like, barreling into them, you know, not destroying the first – not destroying the first order, but at least taking out a good chunk of it would have been – Guys, fuck you to Phasma and the First Order and Kylo Ren, everything. That the ultimate traitor was going to go back at them. And then Rose, out of nowhere, barrels into his ass, knocks his ass off course, crashes his ship, and says, you're not going to, you can't do that, you dummy. And he's like, but why did you do that? And all it is is because she said, 
said, this is how we, we can't win wars like that. We can't win wars with hate. You know, we, we have to beat them with love. And then she gives him a kiss. So she took the one thing that he was going to do for himself. That was not her decision to make for him. And I need to – the whole thing like wars are won from love. No, they're not. Wars are won with soldiers and 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 fighting and people always bring up the whole like well Luke brought Vader back with love. Um, okay, but did he blow up the fucking Death Star with love? Yeah, no, I, I, he used a goddamn proton torpedo. Right. So yes, love, love is a very good goddamn thing, but it's not how you win wars and. I saw a comic that showed this where it showed um, a character riding – it showed Finn on a bicycle and then Rose is another character and just shoves a, uh, a stick between the bicycle spokes in his wheel and it causes him to fall down. And then she goes up to him and says, this is how we win, Finn. And you're just like, what the f- – that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So I – all of a sudden, uh, Rose became like my the, the character that I just – despised now i was like wow you started out great i cared about your story i you know the whole losing her sister thing and being slaves and whatever the fuck else was about her now i could give less of a fuck because she she's just the most annoying fucking character now for me well i i I care about this shit i see that um (laughs) let's see what jj does with her you know if he does anything because right now she's in a coma if not dead what? I hope he redeems her. I hope he. I hope he does the unthinkable, which is make me give a shit about her now. Because I don't give a shit about her now. Right. Well, and and he might. And that's, so we'll the, that, that's the worst thing is that that Ryan Johnson made me kind of like not give a shit anymore. He made me kind of just be like, oh god, I just don't even. I mean, I'll, I'll still see episode nine, and I'll see Solo, and I'll see every Star Wars movie that comes out. But I'm like, he just kind of tarnished my childhood a little bit. Well, like, I don't even really want him not as excited anymore. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I, I I know someone that had bigger issues with it than you're pointing out. Like, one of them was that you could destroy a Star Destroyer by putting the ship into hyperspace. Like, they, the argument that I got from them was, why weren't they doing that before? And... I well, really don't have a way we, to argue that. We know we, we didn't know if they were doing it before. That's the problem is we don't know if they were doing it. This is just the first time we've seen it. Right, well, but and that's a fair I, argument, I, I also too. Think that idea, it was also the worst person to fucking do it. What's that? It was a great idea. It was a badass idea to fucking kamikaze lightspeed, but it should not have been fucking Laura Dern. It should have been – it should have been – at the very least, it should have been Carrie Fisher. It should have been – uh, Admiral Akbar. It should have been someone well, that, Akbar that was... death would have signified something. Yeah, I mean, I, and okay, so the couple problems I had. First off, love Leia, love Carrie Fisher, think she's awesome. When they blew up the deck, they should have just left her. The force pulling herself back yeah. into the ship was a bad idea. And now, granted, they didn't know she was going to die, meaning the actress, but, you know, 
Yeah, because now you got to kill this character off, and it's going to be shitty no matter how you do it. I like J.J. He's creative as fuck, but I don't think he's got the chops to do this in a way that's not going to be stupid. And I don't think anyone no, does. I don't... Off the op- What's that? He'll kill her off in the, in the crawl, in the opening crawl. Yeah, something like that. Because and And it's a shame, because she deserves better than that. But it's not her fault, and it's not going to be J.J.'s fault. And to be fair, it's not Ryan Johnson's fault either because they didn't know she was going to die. Because I think she was going to have a part to play in 9 if she was still with us. But there was that. And then, I I don't know, I didn't like the arc Poe ran in this movie. I like Poe. I like Poe Dameron. I think he's a cool character. And the fact that initially in Force Awakens... When he gets captured, he was supposed to, or when they get away and the TIE fighter crashes, he was supposed to die and that was it. And they ended up not doing that, I think was a smart idea. Um, but I didn't like the arc in Last Jedi. I felt like, I felt like they just treated, they didn't do justice to that character. In the beginning, yes. And, but by the end of it, no. There's a lot. Uh, it's easier for me to say what I liked of Last Jedi than it is for me to say what I didn't like about Last Jedi because there's more for what I didn't like about the Last Jedi than what, what is, I liked. So yeah. what I liked was really just simply it was beautifully shot. I thought Carrie Fisher was awesome. I yeah. thought I was glad to see Mark Hamill come back. Yeah, I was glad to see Luke come back. Um, I was glad. I, I mean, I was just really interesting to. I thought I thought Andy Serkis as Snoke was. I'm a big Andy Serkis fan, I and too. I was a big fan of him, despite the Lord of the Rings. Because I'm not a I'm not a Rings fan, not I really. I am. I like them. Like I, 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 you know, I saw the movies again recently, and like as an adult, because when I saw them in, in the when I was a kid, I didn't understand any of it. I didn't get it. I didn't care. It was. Right. I, I had very much the same way that randall looks at it as as you know like there's only one return it ain't of the king it's of the jedi like i had that kind of right view. right um and i rewatched them and i'm and i saw the hobbit movies for the first time and i'm like okay i can understand the appeal to this it's still not my saga but i can enjoy it now right, right. and i was playing like the lego or the rings game and, and i'm you know I'm, I'm sort of dipping into it but he, so andy circus I was just like, this fucking guy is amazing. Like, how he's not won an Oscar is absolutely... I mean, I wanted Andy Serkis to get an uh, an Oscar nomination for uh, the Planet of the Apes movies. Or at least, you know, he he deserves it. And he was the best thing in some ways of The Hobbit. Just his little cameo as as Gollum is just absolutely spellbinding. So him as Snoke which we only got like a small role in Force Awakens, I was glad that it was flashed out. And he looked intimidating and he looked and he sounded great and he looked grotesque and you want, you're curious of how he got all these scars on his face and blah, blah, blah. And then they fucking kill him. Yeah. And I was just like, oh God, now they're just like, why keep Benito del Toro's stupid stuttering to the bullshit character that did absolutely nothing? 
and then get rid of Snoke, who is literally the embodiment of evil and is kind of a huge big deal. Like, yeah, just, yeah, I agree. It, all Ryan Johnson did, which is like everything you want to know, is not going to happen. And even Luke says it in the movies, like this is not going to go the way you think. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> oh shit, they were not fucking around. So, um, to your Snoke point, real quick. Because I and I'm not gonna disagree with anything you said because I, I agree with all of it, but do you have the Blu-ray 4K whatever? No, I have a oh. Blu-ray on my on my PS3, but I don't dick around 4K, and I and I still prefer VHSs and DVDs as opposed to Blu-rays and 4K. Right, you've you've told me that, and I respect that. The reason I ask is strictly because. On the bonus footage for Last Jedi, they have because um, Andy Circus, and I'm sure you knew this, was in a mocap suit for that whole that whole thing. That's not CGI and him yeah. just voicing it. He mocapped it, and of course, right. Well, there are probably people who don't know that, but anyway. Brian Johnson and there's some parts of the mocap or the just a sequence they had to cut out for editing and that's any sequence so I'm not they're not picking on his you know they movies get edited but he left the sequence where Ray meets Snoke for the first time from start to end in the non-CGI, so you see Circus in the mocap suit with the voice, uh-huh. and it's all of it, all of the dialogue, the whole bit, and it's really good. So you being the Andy Circus fan, you say you are, you need to see that because it's really good, and you would oh, appreciate I, I would, it. I would, love to, I would love to see that because I've always said that I would watch the Planet of the Apes movies with him in the fucking motion capture suit as is so like he doesn't have to look like an ape but you so believe that he's like an ape that you're just like i believe it i believe it and just a bit of trivia because i know you said you're not a big rings guy i know you said you went back and watched it but all those golem scenes is him in a mocap suit no i know that i know it's all him motion capture i i was not ever on the impression that he was it was just CGI. Was, my dad would. My dad's eighty. My dad just calls everything that's CGI Pixar. He's like, "Is this Pixar?" I'm like, "Well, no, but yeah, but no." So I'm <laughs> yeah. not like, "Oh, okay, it's it's Pixar or it's CGI." I know it's a guy in a fucking pajamas. Like, like they did that with um, the Hobbit for a bed and cover match playing Smaug. Like he, yeah. I mean, there's footage of him like acting out as Smaug, and it's it's raw, it's intense, and it's like. Well, thief, where are you? Where are you? And you're like, holy shit, he's doing the fucking voice. Like, this yeah. is intense. By the and way. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. Him. No, go ahead, please. I didn't what? mean to inter- interrupt your thought. I said it, it just, like, it's intense, I ha- the fact that he's, like, crawling on the floor like a snake and, like, breathing fire, like, Got it. I am death. I like just like really kind of going into it. And that's yeah, an yeah. actor I love is that it looks stupid, you know, but like they're still going into it. They like that's a method actor I love. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, him is Doctor Strange 
the best choice. Love that movie. I went into that movie with low expectations, and it's amazing. I love that movie, and I know we'll probably do the Marvel Universe on another day, and I'm fine with that, or multiple days because of how big it is, but love, love him in that role. He was not the original choice I would have gone for. I would have gone Johnny Depp, but I definitely appreciate uh, what he did. I think yeah. I just really want Johnny Depp in the MCU. I just really want to see that. But I think he will. That, that'll happen at some point. I, I think he would. Pl- I think he'd play a villain. I think. Oh sure. I, w- I would like to see Johnny Depp play, like maybe a uh, like Mysterio, like a Spider-Man villain. That could be good. I. To the Star Wars uh, Marvel tie-in, Benicio Del Toro as a collector, also in Star Wars. So just going back to what I was saying to you earlier. Dude, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do even more deep cuts for you for Benicio Del Toro. Benicio Del Toro was the original actor to play Darth Maul. Oh, really? He was originally cast as Darth Maul. And then Lucas cut all of but like three lines of dialogue. For Maul. So Benicio was like, well, fuck this, and left. And sure, that's why that. they, they took on Ray Park. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. By the way, because you talked about Depp as, as a character in the MCU, and I agree, that would be awesome. Did you know, had Heath Ledger not died... The third in the Dark Knight trilogy would have obviously been a completely different movie, but it was going to center around not just the Joker, but Depp was going to play the Riddler. That was never confirmed because there was all of these promo, um, like I think it was fan fans um contributing like oh yeah giant Depp would have been a great riddler but i also saw a lot of um of art for like joseph gordon levitt before he was actually even confirmed to be as robin which is sort of not robin in dark Knight yeah. rises there was a rumor that he was going to play riddler so like it seemed like well the logical choice would be to put another villain in but we didn't put another villain in so because he thought you fucking died i had heard rumors that Johnny Depp or Joseph Gordon-Levitt was considered taking over the Joker role. They just had to imitate Heath Ledger's performance as much as possible. And then ultimately everyone agreed that like, no, he needs to like, Heath did an amazing thing. Let's leave it alone. Let's not, let's not tarnish it by having someone else uh, play it. Even though Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Heath Ledger look almost exactly the fuck alike. Yeah, but it's such a good performance, and I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt as an actor, but I think he would have tarnished that because of how good it was. And that's not a dig on him. I just don't think he could have done it. And to the same fact, I think Johnny Depp as a Riddler would have been much better than Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And again, I, I, I like him, so I think he's a good actor, and I like things he's in. I just think both those roles would have been bad choices. I agree. Um... And I mean, ultimately, Tom Hardy as Bane. I like Bane. I like the performance of Bane. I like Tom Hardy in it. What I didn't like was the movie itself. And I, well, I liked yeah. the movie, but I also found hardcore. Oh, like, I've got like if you're ever curious of go ahead. If you're ever curious of my of my opinion of The Dark Knight Rises, check out the rant I do uh, where I just like obliterate it. Well, sure, and I will. And. You know what? To be fair, that's something I want to cover anyway. I'd love to cover 
the DC, not just the current DCU, but going back. So we can do that on an episode, and we'll save that for another yeah. one because I have thoughts and I have strong thoughts, especially on the Dark Knight trilogy. So we can we can get into that because we'll put it this way, and it's a good way to tie it off because we've been at this for three hours now. Um, your your strong dislike or vitriol for the Last Jedi is where I stand with the Dark Knight with the Dark Knight Rises. I, yeah, that, oh, anyway, so we'll, we'll do that because I, I, oh, yeah, I'm just getting irritated thinking about it. I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I still, uh, let's go back to Star Wars, but let's finish up because yeah. I haven't eaten anything today and I'm like, oh, sorry, so I'm like, fucking, I'm fucking hungry. Sorry, man. That's okay. It's not your fault. I was just like toying with the idea of being like, should I have food delivered? But I also really need to go out and get cigarettes. I have to go out anyways, and it's raining. I don't want to go out multiple times. So um, what I want to do is we'll talk about, let's save Rogue One and Solo for the next episode. Or how about after Solo comes out? We can save it for them because I don't want to do back-to-back Star Wars episodes. Sure. We'll we'll, we'll do that. that. That's fine with me. And that's our first episode for Potaskew. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to us. Did you guys have any questions? Did you guys have any comments? Do you guys have any uh, th- things you'd like to pitch in? What did you like about us? What did you not like about us? But you know what? It doesn't matter what you didn't like about us because we're going to do what we're going to do anyways. And if you don't like that, tough shit. <laughs> All right, Ricky, I, Giorgio. I, I don't know if I share that part. I, I, I'm okay with changing things if they're not liked, but yes, uh, I'm CJ, and you can find me on Twitter at M underscore Blade. You can find Rico at Rants Rico. Um, check out his YouTube channel, Rico's Rants. Really good short-form version of what we're doing here. Um, so if you want, like, quick hits while you're waiting for our episodes, there's a good place to go get them. On that note, may the force be with you. You as well, my friend. Take care. I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it.